Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. That was for that unnecessary contact uh, up at the BMW M elbow. That car now in the pit lane. That one is going to sting a little bit because there was damage to the Triple uh, One Invitational car. Ryland Gray brought that car into the pit lane and a little bit of damage to the left front. That was the side that hit the wall when he was trying to squeeze down the inside of the Superbahn number 47 AMG. That car, the Superbahn car, has continued. Eight and three quarter hours still to go and the pace heating up again at the sharp end of the field. Traffic dependent, of course, but the gap has come down. The number 912 Porsche 992 GT3R now being caught by Raffaele Marciello and Dries Van Toort is only another second or so back. So the two WRT turbocharged BMW M4 GT3s right with the leader now after Chan got a good run away from the restart. Helped for a little bit of uh, slower traffic in between himself and the rest of the field. But it's at the end of the stint when the Porsche tends to come alive and the fast laps are coming in. Remembering, Garth, that those two BMWs have got probably... 10 laps more fuel in those cars than the Porsche. The Porsche did not stop. That's a good point, John, that they BMW, both BMWs came to the lane under that initial safety car that we had in this year's race. So they've bought themselves a much bigger fuel window at the end of this stint. So you remember before the safety car, Guven had a gap of near on 23, 25 yeah. seconds. And yeah. so that safety car's, one, negated that track position, but two, by Mante EMA not coming to the lane, they're going to have a different fuel window. That's not going to make a huge amount of difference right now. But if we go stint on stint on stint on stint to the end, Correct. that 10-lap fuel difference, the differential in the window, could be the difference between making it to the end or not. You don't know right now. Nope. So all you're doing is you make, you're just giving yourself a bigger window. You're always through the race we always talk about just make the windows bigger give yourself more flexibility in your strategy and i think bmw have done that now whether it works for them later they don't know we don't know that's what makes 12 hour racing so good so yeah that's much of three tenths now much has been taking lap time out of Guven. so there's 11 laps the difference between pit stops and Dries van has gone with them both but 5.2 seconds covering the top five cars. Yeah. The, the drive of the day for mine so far has been 13. Mm. The Phantom Global Racing Porsche have dragged themselves from well outside the top 10 up into yeah. the five. It's been a really good stint from Bastion Boost. Joel Erickson did a lot of the heavy listing, uh, lifting early after Jackson Evans started that car. So they've got themselves within five seconds of the race late. The safety car helped them a little bit, but they did a lot of that work on their own. The other thing the safety car helped was a bit of extra time for Kenny yeah. and for Brad Schumacher behind the wheel of those two pro cars as well. It's exactly what happened to car 75 <laughs> 12 months ago as well. 
eight hours and 40 minutes of the Repco Bathurst 12 hours remain. And we've already had uh, one or two little pointers as to where the performance and potential advantage lies. We've seen in the early running, albeit in the cooler conditions, particularly of the track surface here at Mount Panorama, that going an extra couple of laps on the pitch cycle can give you an advantage. Double stinting the Pirelli tyres and leaving the warm tyres on can give you a bit of an advantage. And at the end of a stint, the Porsches are very quick indeed. And it is one of the Porsches that leads, one of the new 992 ship GT3Rs. And it pulled out a 20-second lead. That's all gone after the first safety car, then the back at three and a half, four seconds on the restart. But the two WRT... BMW M4 GT3s are hunting as a pack at the moment, Garth. And the top three go up through the cutting to the uh, Audi cutting as one. Yeah, one second covering the top three cars, five seconds covering the top five. So that safety car has condensed the field, certainly. Richard Crowell, you mentioned that the driver of the day so far is the 13 Phantom Global Porsche Bastion. Christian Booth at the wheel of that one, and he's doing a great job first time here out Mount Panorama. So they continue their march forward from deep in the field after qualifying. Approaching the three-and-a-half-hour mark of this race, so a quarter of the way in, and this is how it's played out so far. The start in the pre-dawn, 5.45am on Sunday morning, as is tradition. And as the light came up, so too the intensity... In the first round of pit stops, the BMWs were slower, the Porsche better. It got track position and got to the race lead. And this was incredible stuff. Cold tyres, a mix of drivers, some fresh, some not. A big moment for Lee Holdsworth just brushing the wall on the run down into the dipper. This was the GT4 Mercedes AMG, which has otherwise had a pretty good day so far. The 701, the Vortex, French car making its debut at Mount Panorama. This was the cause of the first... BMW XM safety car period for the race. It was on the circuit for five laps on the restart. Uh, a nice free kick for Ayankan Guven because he had two lap cars in between himself and the 130, which was driven at the time by Felipe Fraga. He would have to serve a drive-through penalty, however, for a pit lane infringement. Meanwhile, the BMW helping move one of the Method Motorsport McLarens out of the way. And the 46 with a brief brush of the wall at the Audi Sport cutting. This was the adjustment that caused a drive-through penalty. If you want to do work like that, it, the car has to go in the garage, is the regulation, and they had to serve a drive-through as a result for Mercedes-AMG Team Gruppa M Racing. But after three hours, 20 minutes and 45 seconds, car 912 leads the way, and we're going safety car because the number 91 Mark car has found the fence at turn two at the top of Mountain Straight. So our second safety car period will be called... David Stewart, Deputy Race Director, calling the shots from Motorsport Australia at Race Control. So whether it's a full course yellow or a full safety car, they do get a countdown to go down to 80 kilometres an hour regardless, and then the safety car will pick up the leader of the race. Yeah, it's uh, Hadrian behind the wheel of that car, and Hadrian Morrell and the Mark II in that very striking livery. 
Very mean-looking cars, those machines, but that is potentially... Well, well, he's lost it again on the way in, and he's gone straight across to the unguarded concrete on the other side of the other side of the circuit. So starts off sliding the car, and then it spears across to the right-hand side of the circuit. Yeah, just wide. You could see as it came into shot, it was already wide and offline. So in the marbles and in the dirt, and then just too much. The lock should have op could have opened the wheel a little bit, let the car flow. But uh, it's unfortunately gone around, got that inside wall, as John said, and heavy, heavy damage to the front of the 91. Martini livered. It looks spectacular at the start of the race. A little happen. less spectacular now, unfortunately. And that was the car that Tim slayed. And the leaders were on the scene. So that was just local yellows at that stage. Wow. You see the green flag yeah. waving. So they sort of resume hostilities once they get past it but there's just enough room to get around the back so you can obviously see why we've gone safety car so the pits will stay open and now we've ascertained why the accident happened we can look ahead to what happens from a strategy point of view because it's been 23 laps since our leader pitted i wonder if they take this yeah. opportunity to dive in for some service for some fuel but the, the bmws don't need to laps no, I, yeah I, yeah if i'm the leader you're coming yeah. if i'm bmw i'm not correct so yeah. <laughs> And now's the time to do it as well before the field's packed up. So get into pit lane as quickly as you can. You're yes. going to lose less track yes, position correct. now. And that's what BMW did nicely at that last stop. That's why they're still at the front of the field with an effective extra stop. Correct. And driver change it will be for the leading car, I reckon, here. Yeah, well, uh, you, you can't go any more than a double stint for time yeah. behind the wheel. So Guven's been behind the wheel for 55 laps. So he jumped in at their first pit stop. He's done two-thirds of the race so far. Good news is that Henry Morrell is out of that marked car and making his way into the oh, arms. Oh, the beach is coming as well. So they're just extending again here, Garth. That's interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, they've done another... What have they done? 14 laps, BMW, yeah. since the last stop. So the rule of thumb is you get a safety car if you're halfway into your stint, you come. Yeah. So for Porsche, it was a no-brainer. BMW's obviously decided, well, we're only going to get another 14, 15 laps up the road and we're going to have to come again anyway, so why not do it under safety car? And, and plus the two drivers in the BMW uh, have only done 26, 25 laps. Yeah. So, so they they're do, okay in terms of their stint. They can do another they full do another stint. another full stint and they're okay, whereas Guven had to come, so this has actually fallen at a pretty good time for them. So did BMW do tyres? I reckon not. They'll, they might send them here and and have the advantage of having fresh oh, tyres. Well, they didn't do tyres last time. Remember, they just did fuel. So, let's hear from Chad in the lane. He might know more. Well, I'm just down to the Audi crew at the moment because they were one of the teams, at least with the 22, that did take that last pit stop for fuel for Christopher Haasa. Uh, and it, I can see for car two that Winklehock is about to get in. So, that would suggest that Schumacher with those 22 laps has achieved a part of the race where they think that they are good to get home with their two other drivers. I'm trying to scurry down pit lane to see what they're doing at the 75 to see if they're going to try the same thing with Kenny Habul. And just watch out for that driver change if they do, because that's their weak point this week. Yeah, only 25 laps on the Pirellis for Raffaele Marcello and Dries Vantor. 26, actually, for, for Dries. And here they come down the lane. And just waiting to see the Sun Energy car rolling out as well. 
We're but. hearing both BMWs took tyres. And I think Kenny's probably going to be able to tick the box as well. So he got in the car just on 8 a.m. local time. It's now 10 past 9. So he's done that 65, 70 minutes, almost exactly <laughs> what he did in the race last year. So I wonder if they pull Kenny out of car 75 now to tick that box. So we had Brad Schumacher's done enough as well. So this is a fascinating little period of the race where things could change. And we think car 22, the Audi, may well shuffle to the front. That is fascinating, isn't it? I, I, I was a I'll be honest, I was a little bit worried that mandatory pit times and fuel stints and, and run st stints might just take the edge off the strategy here. But we're still talking about it, yeah. and people are still making different choices, Garth. So they do feel that there's still something to be gained. Well, these mid-stint safety cars are what throw the joker in the pack. So do you take it? Do you not take it? So the 22 Audi with Christopher Haas at the wheel, they took the last safety car and they haven't taken this safety car. So they've now bought themselves track position, but they're only going to have track position for 15, 16 laps, and mm. then they're going to have to come back again. So that's worked in their favour, and that's what we were wondering whether BMW were going to come or going to stay, and they've come as well. So they've lost track position. So the only one on that alternate strategy now is the 22 Audi. Yeah, and I think Kenny Habul as well. 16 laps into a stint for Chris Harder. So that's another 16 roughly yeah. for them. Maybe a bit more because safety car, you don't burn as much fuel. So I think the 22 can afford to stay out if they want to. Habul, 25 laps in the car. So within seven of fuel range, basically. So yeah. I would it's be surprised brand. if they don't pit this time by. That's the view at the back of the BMW XM. That's cool. Like a tracking shot. That's outstanding. Yeah, high high um, vantage point. Yeah, not wrong. Uh, Matt Campbell is behind the wheel of car 912 now, the Porsche that was the race leader before this sequence. And then Maxime Martin back behind the wheel of 46. So he's taken over from Raffaele Marcello. Charles Vietz is back behind the wheel of the 32 BMW as well. So both BMWs, not only did they take tyres, they took drivers as well. Yeah. And that meant if you're changing drivers, it makes sense to do the tyres and give the new driver uh, a new set of boots. They will take the... If they're brand new, they'll take the uh, edge off them a little bit behind the, yeah. the safety car, but it, they're not, still not going to be up to full... No, tech. but you can certainly build more temperature on the safety car yeah. before you go green. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Stolls is ready in the lane, has helmet on, has Hans device on. Not a lot of action as to whether or not the folks down here at Sun Energy One are going to be leaping into the lane anytime soon. So the longer that they push Kenny Habal into this stint, the more flexibility they will get later in the run. So that is the advantage of keeping him in there for now. Uh, but think, they've Chad, definitely gone off strategy, haven't they? Do you think, Chad, they'll wait for deep in this safety car maybe to make that change? So it's still done under safety car, but yeah. right at the end of the safety car. You're good for up track position, but you might tick the time over that you need to for Kenny. Well, they've, they've, they've achieved the time already. Yeah, I think they're yeah. safe on time. Absolutely. Okay. I bet it gives them a bit more time later in the race on that flexibility, I guess is probably what Garth means. Yeah. Is yeah. that the longer that he sits in that car, it's one extra lap or one extra minute that uh, you get the flexibility back with Stoltz and Goon on later on. The other thing to take into effect, Chad, is that the lucky dog rule is in effect now. So if you are one lap down or more, you will get that lap back. You'll get waved around. As the lights go out behind the safety car, you will then get waved past. So you will gain at least one lap back on the race leaders. 
today's Repco Rewind, we head back to 2014 when Aussie racing legend Craig Lowndes delivered Ferrari a Bathurst win, holding off GT champion Maxi Book in one of the best 12-hour finishes to that point. Surely he can't go from that far around. They're side by side. He's gone through. He knows it's into the lead. But the Ferrari has the racing line and the snow way through. We knew this race was properly serious stuff. A thrilling finish to the 2014 Bathurst 12-hour with Craig Lowndes holding out what was then uh, Maxi Book, the FIA GT mm. world champion at that point, Ferrari versus Mercedes. It was an awesome race. There was actually even more drama than that uh, Repcore Rewind show because part of the way through that package, Krillsy reminded me, I got so excited that I knocked over all of the timing screens in front of us. <laughs> this is why we're currently under the control of the BMW XM safety car. Hadrian Morale, exit of Visit New South Wales, Griffins Bend. And the leader scraping through on the outside there. And while that's all been going on, pit stops. Heart of Racing are in pit lane, and Ian James will jump out of the number 27 car. So while this procedure goes through, when the lights are extinguished on the safety car, the cars that are one lap or more down will gain their lap back. They get waved past. It's not a full lap. They get about 35 seconds. They get waved past at the top of Conrod Strait when the lights go out on the safety car. But this is how the leaderboard sits right now. Still a bit too unpicked through all of this because there's a whole bunch of different strategies playing out. The, the main one is that car 75 yet to stop. 26 laps now into a stint. The next six cars have all just recently made pit stops. So they've just topped up either fuel drivers and tyres. And here are our class leaders. Brad Shields leading the silver class in the Valmont Racing Mercedes. John Hollinger leads the way in car number 10 for Superglass Racing and Matt Stone. And Marcus Flack, young gun, rising star in the world of motorsport in this part of the world, is leading the way in GT4. Hearing from uh, one or two eyes over the top of the mountain, thank you, Scott, that there's still one or two little enclaves of cars that haven't quite made it onto the back of the safety car train, whether that's a little bit of confusion from air driver, because it only needs one at the head of the queue as to how fast they can go or whether they're limited to to 80. You, you are allowed to go a little bit quicker to catch up to the back of the, the train. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we, we heard in the previous safety car that uh, there was repeated attempts to get one of the cars to turn off their 80-kilometre-hour full-course yellow limiter so there's still 
certainly for the Australian drivers who haven't done a whole lot of full course yellow stuff, just understanding when is the right time to turn it off to catch the train. And now that we have seen that car of Hayden Morale make its way onto the flatbed, the track is clear, so they are able to form up behind the BMW safety car. We're just theorising here, guys, whether that they're going to bring Kenny Hibble right at the end of this safety car period to buy a bigger window. And he goes past the lane. No, he no. doesn't. He comes yeah. to the lane. So it's we. Kenny has fulfilled the minimum 40 minutes. Correct. But if he does just 40 minutes, it makes the driver windows for Jules Ganon and Lucas Salt super tight. So the more that they can open the windows for the drivers, it gives them more strict flexibility as well. Down here with Chan Guven, the star of that second stint. You were out there for such a long time battling elbows out, and your lap times were so consistent. Talk about your first time at the mountain. Is it everything you expected and more? Yeah, first of all, when I go out with cold tires and leading, it was quite pressure, first time in the mountain. But, yeah, I tried to take it easy without losing the position. At the end, I managed to keep it. And then, yeah, the pace was great. And during the stint, the team asked me if I, if I would like to do double. And, yeah, I say yes, I would like to do it. I feel great. And then, yeah, second thing will be a bit harder. Uh, now with safety cars and everything, I think race changed a little bit in terms of direction, everyone in the pack now. So, yeah, we will see. But so far, car feels great. And, yeah, definitely with Lawrence and Matt and with the team, we have a strong package. You have so much virtual racing experience. That's really where I first heard of you. How different is it when you actually get out there and there's elevation? Yeah, first of all, I find out in the track walk when I start going uphill, like already in turn two, I feel okay. That's that's quite different. And also yesterday, maybe in uh, free practice four, I think maybe you guys remember, I have a small moment. So also it's a little bit different about the same compared to like off lines when you miss the little bit line, there was no grip and the wall is super close. So yeah, it's, it's lucky that I find the limit in the, in the test uh, without uh, hitting the wall and yeah. So far, I'm super happy with the, with the track. So I really enjoy it. And, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can finish where we are. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Find me a race car driver that doesn't want to do a double stint at the start of this race. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's they right. They don't exist. The track's Will cool. Wait. Cars are gripped yeah. up. Let's have a go. <laughs> So multiple cars means all cars from a position 11. Yeah. So two-thirds of the field are coming on by here to get a lap back. That's good news for some of the cars. So the first one getting a lap back, Cameron Waters in the triple two. Scott Taylor Motorsport car, Yasser Shaheen as well. So, And it's brilliant news for Lucas Stoltz because it means quite a lot of cars that yes. would have been between him and the yeah. bulk of the GT3 pack, the rest of the top ten is what we're talking yeah, about. He that drives of God. So he drives back, but it's almost like a class split. Yeah, yeah. Back onto the field that he's racing heads up with. So yeah. that's a really good point, John. And I wonder whether the Sun Energy team have also thought that through and thought, yeah. well, they're going to get wave buys. So we're losing track position, but we're not going to get caught in the slower cars on this yeah. restart. And he's charging around, putting energy into his Pirelli yeah. tyres yeah. as well. They, they would have popped out. Had they stopped at the very start of this safety car, they would have popped out sixth or seventh in the queue, just with the split with the, the track positions when everyone was doing 80Ks an hour before they packed up. So, really, they probably only lost three or four spots yep. total through that process. What it also does is take us from 10 cars on the lead lap to 16 yeah. on the lean lap. So, we get an extra six cars that will get that lap back. 
and this is the wave by process now. So that's Cameron Waters so, behind so the So what you do if you're Cameron Waters from this point on, you are head down, yeah. going as hard as you can, because you know the track's clear up the road. So you need to maximise this opportunity now. You're not going to catch the back of the train. So the lights are out now, and they go back on. Yeah. I wonder if they're waiting, just waiting for, the, for all the, the cars to go through. through. But uh, no overtaking, by the way, for the cars that no, have gone through. So no, once they've right. gone through, you, what you, what's the horror? Oh, one of them's thing? gone off. Ah, ah so who's that? Ibrahim. Ibrahim's gone off. So you see one of the cars, you are allowed to pass if the You're car goes the off the racetrack. So that was the Kunduras car. So Ibrahim was doing what he had to do. That's what he had to do. You have to go and you have to go hard. But on a cold tyre, just overrun it at the chase. But there's absolutely nothing worse when you get the wave by than somebody just pootling around yeah. and taking oh, so that time. He's just yeah. overrun oh, himself yeah. there. And and I can tell you, he would have had both feet on the brake pedal there trying to stop that car because, you know, on a cold tyre, the ABS locks you out and there's nothing you can do about it. So those guys are running and running hard. The rest of the field coming to go back to green. Matt Campbell, who's just jumped aboard the leading Mante EMA. Porsche takes him to the line. So restarts have been vigorous today. Let's see how this one plays out. So those cars that have unlapped themselves are running up mountain straight towards the top of the mountain. So they get about 35 or 40 seconds back. Up the hill they go. Campbell with a great restart. Martin behind the wheel of car 46. This is Mick Grenier, the Canadian, behind the wheel of the National Storage 888 entry. Charles Vietz in front in the WRT. BMW behind him is Jackson Evans for Phantom Global. This car right in the mix now, having started a lot further back. Maxi Goetz, the German in 77, the Caltex car, and a pass up the inside. Kelvin Vanderlinder has got behind the wheel of car 22. So they also stopped through that sequence, and he's got himself up to eighth place. Porsche's jumped away a little bit again on the restart. This is becoming uh, more than just coincidence. We're seeing a pattern here. Porsche good at the start, good at the end of the run as well. And Matt Campbell's lit up that 4.2 V8 at flat six and started to pull away. Sorry, I had a bit of all of their engine in it, have they? Yeah, I reckon that's just a... 928. It's, it's just a caged Matt Campbell. He's been yeah. caged up for three odd hours <laughs> wanting to get in this race car. So just unleashing some energy that's been caged for a while. So you're so, right. Campbell's 1.2 up the road on this restart. What, and what that safety car's done, Garth, is basically cleansed the top 10 by one car. Actually, I stand corrected. It's cleansed the entire top 10. So only Maxi Goats has stayed in the car for longer than three laps. So everyone else is fresh aboard that car since the safety car. Maxi's been in it now for 18 laps in that sixth place, number 77 car. And it's put pretty much everybody as well, Creelsey, on to the same Field. pit stop <laughs> yeah. strategy. So we talked about the cars that were unlapping themselves with the first lucky dog of the year. The first car that did that was Cam Waters. He's just making his way out of turn two up towards the Audi cutting as the leaders make their way down to the final corner. So that's how much you get up the road. You don't get the full lap back, but you get the opportunity, should another safety car come your way, to get on the back of the train. So you've got to go and run because you know that the leaders are fast. They're going to get to the rear bumper again. So Waters 
although he's not on screen, in position 11, needs to continue to run to keep that car on the lead lap for as long as possible. Yeah, I quite like the lucky dog rule in that yeah. respect, that it doesn't give you that full That's, free it's lap It's not back. a free You've kick. You've still got to work. You've got to work and work yeah. hard, really, to get you back back into that equation. Here's Prince Jeffrey under pressure from the Lamborghini at the top of the mountain. So not for outright position, these two. Ibrahim currently scored in 14th position. Tony D'Alberto 17th, but there's a lap between them. So they're cars that have unlapped themselves. So that gives you an idea of where the cars that went past the safety car are at the top of the hill while the leaders are running up now just past Reed Park to Solomon Park. A couple of people asking about... Oh, side by side, thank you. Coming through, coming through. A uh, couple of people asking about the green dots on the scoring pylon. If you're watching around the world, it's the... Supercar core driver uh, graphic, that isn't it, Crosby? Yeah, in normal circumstances, it is. Yeah. It is yes. What car does the third driver have? Question without notice. Question. No, it's a question without notice. I don't have an answer for without notice it's either. Not often so that Richard Quayle's come back to you on that words, one. but I got him there. I'll mark that down. Back to the leading bunch. Maxime Martin leading his teammate Charles Wirtz at the wheel of the number 32 Shell BMW. Mikel Grenier is back in aboard the 888 AMG Mercedes and Jackson Evans for his some laps in that Phantom Global Porsche. There's some talent in, in, that, <laughs> in that top. Just calling that nail, those they, names in there. Grenier, Evans, Gertz, Engel, <laughs> Kelvin von der Linde, Winkelhock, Stoltz, <laughs> Cam Waters knows how to go around here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's extraordinary. That, and, and they're only one-third of the driving talent in all of those cars. I mean, we, this event just goes from strength to strength, and the international side of it has been awesome. Absolutely awesome. Uh, let's go on board with the number 22. This is sitting right in the back up Mountain Street in Garth Tander. Talk us around this. Fifth gear over the hump, up Mountain Straight. You'll leave it in fifth gear, let it rev out. Lap traffic on the inside at turn two. You, didn't, you hesitantly want to go around the outside because you know it's dirty. So third gear off turn two, and you need to defend into the cutting because you've had a poor run. Back to second for the run up the hill. Car always goes taily there. It is flat over the hump here. You'll grab fourth just before you turn into Solomon Park. Flow as much speed as you can. Sometimes you grab fifth down here. Sometimes you leave it in fourth. Kelvin leaves it in fourth. He'll grab fifth on the exit. There you go. Just the tiniest lift from McPhillamy, then hard back into the throttle. Flow the car over Skyline in fifth, down to fourth, down to third, down to second before the dipper. The car will bottom here. There you go. Gets a good run off the dipper. Currently, we're chasing Maro Engel down to Forest Elbow. Flow the car in third. An earlier turn in to Forest Elbow, second gear for the run off Forest Elbow. And strangely, the fastest part of the racetrack is where you have the most time to relax. So grab fifth gear, have a look at the dash, see where the tyre temperatures are. Use the slipstream effect behind the AMG Mercedes to see if you can tow up to the back of Maro Engel. But you'd be doing well to outbreak Maro Engel down into the chase, breaking at about 110, back to third gear flow the car out wide. So 
So Dean Fiore aboard the Hallmark Audi, getting the black flag. Second gear at the final corner for Kelvin van der Linde. A little adjustment to the brake bias there as he makes his way down to turn one and that second gear as well. And a PLP, by the way, pit lane penalty for those of you on the international feed. Pass for position as WRT go side by side. They're blocking the track there. And it is restored with Max Martin getting back ahead of Charles first. There was just a little stutter coming out of the first corner. Helg's corner from Martin in the M Power coloured car. Again, I think that might have been more aggressively fought had they not been teammates. So Martin has got clear air behind Oh, he turns his oh, How many times have we seen <laughs> that this week? So just too wide on entry, That's loses the rear catch. in the grass, gets away with it, but then has to go straight into defence mode from his teammate. And uh, that was then how they entered, exited turn two. This is another replay. Oh, the triple one. He's just come back out again. Yeah, so that's drama. Is it? Is that on the outlap from I the think it, I damage think it from was. earlier at Forest Elbow? So Ryland Gray behind the wheel. It's yeah. shown in pit lane again now. They were leading their class not too long ago. So. We, we've talked up that invitational class, and it's been dramatic for it's one. It's given us plenty of excitement, <laughs> hasn't it? So Ryland Gray, very young just starting out in his professional motorsport career. So learning all the time. Tony D'Alberto, that's ball racing, and the report is failing to turn the engine off during the stop. So it probably explains why Tony's just set that car's personal best lap of the race. He's been told about the drive-through, and now uh, he's driving angry. Try and make up as much time as he can. 94 laps for that car there, two laps back. As this intense battle pack continues. And while that battle's been going on for second place, Matty's Campbell's just disappeared up the road. 3.1 seconds, yeah. the leading margin now. While this... Look at this queue. This is awesome. So Mick Grenier for Triple Eight. Jackson Evans is in behind him in that blue and gold Phantom Global Porsche. Then Maximilian Goats for Caltex in the double seven car for Craft Bamboo Racing. Maro Engel... So they were 32 seconds behind the leading group before that safety car with that drive-through penalty. Right back in the mix now, only five seconds from the race lead. Only three seconds out of second place. <laughs> Less than seven. seven covering yeah. the top ten. Correct. So. so three different manufacturers in that group. And people complain about balance of performance. <laughs> uh, this is why we have it. It's to level the playing field a little bit so that front-engine cars, mid-engine cars, rear-engine cars, cars with different cross-sections, frontal areas can all race together. Mistake about that. Uh, it's a lap car. It's a Kunduras AMG Mercedes getting well out of the way of this lot. Do not want to be part of this at all. Six cars in a queue making their way down the mountain. Seven seconds covering the top ten after near on four hours of racing. Hello to Jimmy Broadbent, international sensation. And uh, no main racing driver as well. He's tackled the Nürburgring a couple of times. Jimmy, nice to know you're watching and listening. Need to get you down to have a go at this one. Just coming down to eight hours to go, and it's back on at the mountain. It's an iconic shot looking back from Murray's corner. 
all the way up Conrod Strait as the leaders exit the chase. There is our race leader. There's the BMWs warring on the teammates with the Mercedes, the Porsche, and then the couple of Audis at the back of this queue. That's the car in 10th place, 6.7 seconds only from the race lead. Well, down in Sun Energy 175 garage with Kenny Bull. Hey, great stint out there. Tell us about the car and the conditions there in your opening run. Mate, yeah, really happy. Everything went fine for me. Um, a lot of dust, a lot of dirt, a lot of oil around the place. Um, I was a little bit conservative. We were worried about gearbox temperature this morning in the first thing. It kind of went up a bit, so I was, you know, being the owner, I get a little more nervous than they do, so I was probably a little conservative. But, I mean, I was happy. I did fives, plenty of fives in the race and kept it all in one piece and stayed out of trouble, so... Mate, your pace was brilliant. A lot better than some more fancy drivers. Now, in the press, you've been reasonably vocal about the term gentleman driver. Tell us how you sit on that. Yeah, some of these guys get paid too much, you know. They should be going faster. Uh, you know, I'm 50 years old, and um, I think I matched about half of them or more. But, no, it's, it's something that Crusher came up with and, and we talked about. And, you know, sometimes you get put down a little bit. You know, the gentleman guys out here, the weekend warrior. But, I mean, I've been racing for 35 years, and... There's plenty of places like Daytona. I'm the same speed as my teammates, you know, and I'm not looking for any of that glory, but, you know, I don't want to be kicked in the balls either and, and, and be called a mobile chicane. Now, you've had a bit of back dramas from that crash last year. How's the body holding up, and will you get back in the car later today? Man, it's, it's a shit show. It's, uh, it's more dramas than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. It took me about five seconds to get out. When you sit in one spot, it just freezes up, and then it's hard to sort of unlock it, and then once you move around, it's fine, but... You know, not bad for an old guy with a bad back and two bung knees. A lot of chat about Jules gone on going for four in a row. This is you going for three in a row. And if you could do that, you'd match some pretty big names like Peter Brock and Larry Perkins. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, that, that, that's, that's the dream, you know. I mean, I grew up watching those guys and, and uh, that was life. You know, that's what made me uh, want to be who I am, not just in racing, in business and, and in family and everything. That's, that's the inspiration. So, to be honest, I'm happy with what I got. And, and I don't have any preconceived ideas. Very tough this year. Our car's not as fast, um, so we're lacking some straight line speed, and uh, we're a little heavier, so it is more difficult. Um, but, you know, all that matters is the last hour, so let's see. Thanks for your time, and we'll catch in with you later in the day. Thank you. Well, over in the Pirelli pit bunker, we are fully dressed at the moment, and we're shaking hands because we've got Davide Delaretti down here with Shane Rudzis from the Bathurst 12-hour, and I'm happy to announce that they've extended their deal with the 12-hour Pirelli to 2028. So it's a good news story down here in the bunker right now. Davide, that is wonderful news. Can you just uh, tell us how excited Pirelli is to extend the partnership here with the Bathurst 12-hour? Absolutely. So we're very delighted to extend this partnership to 2028. Uh, as you know, GT is very important for Pirelli and the intercontinental uh, GT challenge which Bathurst is part of is uh, is an extremely important race all over the world and, and we're delighted to continue and build upon our 117 years of uh, motorsport. A bit of action going on the track but we'll keep our chat going right here mate because it's a lot to manage isn't it? A lot of tyres and a lot of staff. Can you give us some of the numbers? Yeah absolutely. So this weekend we brought around 3,000 tyres and about 40 staff in total that are uh, assisting uh, all the teams and making sure that tyre management is dealt with properly. And what does that mean for the, uh, the technicians up and down pit lane? Because I see a lot of men and women in Pirelli shirts diving in and out with uh, tyre gauges in their hands. Absolutely. So they basically have shifts for 12 hours. They've been here since the early morning and uh, they're in and out helping teams and making sure that you know, all tyres are managed properly and uh, providing them with any assistance they need with the tyres. So that's part of the package that we offer as well. well. I think your staff could be very busy in a minute because I believe we've got another safety car period here. But that is wonderful news. Congratulations to Shane and the team at the 12 hour and congratulations to Pirelli on extending that 
wonderful relationship out through the year 2028. Top of the mountain, Yasser Shaheen in the bunker. I need more than a sandwich to get it out of there, Garth. And waiting to find out whether he jumped or he pushed. He's almost exactly where the vortex ended up. And he was in close with the Heart of Racing car. And the SMS run machine, was there a little tap here? I think there might have been a bit of hip and shoulder. This one will tell us, John. Glenwood yep. in the M Motorsport. Not enough room there. He can't oh, pass unless you're side by side. So doesn't need to be much, does it? Because no. the car's, I mean, the car's right that. there. The car's light and unweighted anyway. And yeah. then you can see around goes Yasser into the gravel yeah. trap doing its job and arresting the car. But that takes out one of the real contenders in the Pro-Am class. Yeah, my apologies. Uh, the M Motorsport car, not hard to racing. We're a little bit uh, on a different part of the racetrack with Alex Riberas uh, at the moment. But he will, of course, gain a position as Yasser is already down to fourth position. That was the battle for the lead in Pro-Am, wasn't it, that was going over the top. So yeah. a, a genuine battle, for not just for overall, but also for class position. Yeah. But I suspect that will be being looked at just over yeah. our heads in Motorsport Australia Race Control. I don't think it'll take much time to work that one out. Yeah, it's a tricky <laughs> part of the racetrack to get through there, get a pass done. You need to have... You can pass the slower cars, like the class cars, but when you're passing for position with GT3 versus GT3, that makes it a real challenge. So safety cars out. Do you come to the lane or do you not? And Triple Eight have come to the lane. Has, the has Craft Bamboo as have the 130 of Gripper M. So all the AMGs are in the lane. It's 10 laps. You know, yeah. you were talking about that before. It's, it's another 10 laps. Yeah, so now, if you've just got into this, as most of these drivers had, they just had a new set of Pirelli racing rubber the last time around, so they will not change tyres this time. Ooh, no, you see, there Grenier, are tyres. I think Mick Grenier just overshot the yeah, pit box yeah. at National Storage Racing there. By half a postcode. Oh, and and I thing. think part of the reason was because the sister car was in the lane as well. So yeah. Prince Jeffrey Ibrahim in the 88... You can see that car just being dropped off the jacks now. It is relatively tight to get in there, especially when you've got your two team cars. Well, there's the four AMGs. They're yeah. all line of stern up that end of pit lane. So they're all doing their service. I mean, it, even though you've overrun, it doesn't really matter because of the 85-second rule. So the 88 leaves first because it was there first. So tyres going on triple eight. Mm, interesting. When was that last in the lane? Well, Granny has only been in the car oh, oh. since the last safety car. And the Craft Bamboo car, not going anywhere, Started. was there. It did not launch. So they've lost some track position there over the 130. And Yasser Shaheen gets back going again and have a go oh. at the gravel Get coming off the out of that line. Car. Get off the racing line. She had, had to actually use the windscreen wiper there. He had so much dirt on the screen. And he's doing it again down Conrod. Now he's can't pass that no, car no. moving slowly, and it's gravel central. <laughs> Isn't it? So we right where you need front grip with Forest well Elbow. There we are, Forest Elbow. This is the first cars coming to the scene where Yasser Shaheen had just been depositing half the gravel trap from McPhillamy. So what this safety car 
does do is it works for Craft Bamboo Racing from a driver oh, point ooh. of view. Now, this, this is under safety, under car, safety on the car. exit of the dipper, and the vortex has turned around or been turned around. Was it getting a toe? <laughs> Why is the safety truck there? Well, I, I'm not sure whether... Maybe was the Vortex the first car on the scene after Yasha Shaheen got going? We've got a replay. Let's check it out because that is a strange place to be parked. It hasn't got a helping hand. You can hear it in the background. Oh. It's just gone around. So that's lighting up the rear tyres yeah. and they're trying to... Uh, and the safety truck, the Amarok, VW Amarok pickup was there. Now... The Julien Bollier, who was in the gravel earlier and brought out our first safety car for the first look at the BMW XM. He's still at the wheel of that car, and he's going to be guided by the marshals as to when he can turn around. So this is good for triple two. Not only did they get a pit stop, and by the looks of it, a driver change as well, but they were... a car that got the lucky dog, the wave bite, the last safety yeah. car. So they were a good three quarters of a lap behind on the lead lap, yes, but track position not great. Safety car gets them right back yep. from a track position point of view into the mix. So this is mm. great for triple two. And just to finish the point on the Craft Bamboo car, Maxi Goat was 25 laps into his driving stint. So they weren't far away from needing a pit stop. Coming anyway, that's yeah. right. So it's actually worked for them as well. So even for Cam Waters, if he goes a lap down, should the leaders pass him again, you get it straight back now Correct. with the lucky dog. But you want to, if you can, hopefully they've timed it so you can get back out in front of the leader under this one. So there you go. He leaves. So you, what do you got to do now as a driver is you've got to check the red light at the end of pit lane. Make sure that's not on. It's still green. So yeah, he's fine. the triple two gets out and they will get to the back of the queue. So nice recovery for that team. Guys, we've uh, completed the first third of the race. Under eight hours to go. Just on, just under 100 laps. Yeah. Been a bit bitty. Looks like the Sun Energy One's coming back down the pit lane. Yes, indeed. So this will be so, a top off yeah. of fuel so as remember, well. Remember, they pitted right at the end of the previous safety car. So they potentially have had the shortest run of everyone. Yeah, Lucas Stoltz. Just uh, nine laps. Yeah since he got into that car. So, he, again, this is a car that will not take tyres. They'll leave the tyres that were put on nine laps ago, keep the heat in the Pirellis, and get back around to the end of the safety car. The, there'll be a few cars that are waved by, and he'll be back on the end of the safety car train for the restart. Well, Sydney Harbour at daytime looks just as good as it does in the dawn. One of the most geographically diverse and experienced rich states in Australia, New South Wales. And within just a few hours of where we're looking at now, you can find yourself on the beach or you can be in wine country, rainforests or at this place, the mecca of speed at Mount Panorama Bathurst. Great place to come and visit. And it has all been very, very busy of late. Yeah, and I, I'm really interested that we've seen so many different uses of the pit stops and the new pit stop procedure. Uh, it's, it's, it's been far more diverse than I expected, to be honest. And Chad's down in the lane watching a few more of the ramifications of uh, the pit stop strategy.
Yeah, we are setting up to do a little bit of a strategy update, which I know the fans do enjoy down here in the Pirelli pit bunker. But I was just watching what happened with the Vortex car spinning through the dipper. And it got me thinking to a conversation that we had a few nights ago, fellas. It might have been over a, a plate of nachos and a couple of margaritas, actually. About Are there any parts of the racetrack where you can get into trouble if you're driving around under full course caution with your pit, uh, with your safety car limiter? On Now, that was one area that Garth had raised as a potential because essentially it's, you'd be going at more than the race pace through there under safety car conditions. And I wonder if that's what's caught the Vortex out there, having the, that limiter on but trying to get through the, the dipper essentially flat. That's a really good point yeah, that you make, Chad. I think the two corners that would catch your attention at 80k an hour of the dipper, where we saw the Vortex have that moment, and Forest Elbow. Yeah, totally. So, and also, you think, well, 80k an hour is not that fast for a race car, but you're also you're not braking the car prior to the corner, so you're not getting the car into the spring or into the suspension, so then you're yeah. not loading the tyre. So the car the dynamic and the reaction from the car is very different than just staying on a limiter. The car stays much flatter, and the front tyre is unloaded, so potentially might wind more lock-on than when the front tyre grips, it just rips the rear. So that's a great point that Chad makes, that potentially trying to get through the dipper at 80k an hour has caught the, the vortex out. Yeah. Uh, I've spoken to a few racing drivers who told me they try to do a full lap. It's on a cruise control at 60kph uh, in, a, in a road car, and you can't. <laughs> same thing. Exactly the same thing. There's no way. Plus, you can't use the full width of the road either, of course, because there could be a bus coming the other way or a bin motor. This is uh, what, what I uh, encountered the first time I came here 13 years ago. I had just reminded my driver that it was a two-way. <laughs> Don't forget, next weekend, round one of the Repco Supercars Championship. That'll be a one-way road then. Yep. The Thrifty Bathurst 500, all part of the Bathurst Superfest. And you can grab your tickets at supercars.com. If you're overseas and you can't make it to Australia in time... Uh, Head to supercars.com and sign up for Superview and watch online. Catch all the action from the uh, opening round of the Repco Supercars Championship and, of course, live coverage around Australia on Fox and 7. So every angle completely covered. It is going to be a massive weekend and uh, just a few storylines in the Supercars Championship world at this point in time. A week out from the opening round. Looking forward to getting some wheels turning and seeing how it all plays out on track move on from the off-track off-season. The number 911 Porsche has continued out around the circuit. Yasser Shaheen not bringing it into the garage, despite the fact that the crew members cleared out their nice, comfy little sitting area. The crew actually just did something very ingenious, sending two members out onto the wall with their cell phones. One taking a photo of the front of the car, which they determined looks pretty okay. One taking a photo of the back. It's not actually that bad of damage. It looks like a single strafe on the diffuser. So the crew is talking about it now. They've elected, at least for the time being, Yasser's going to stay out, eat up more of his drive time, and this should not be an issue that turns into something worse. In the meantime, Harry King is still sitting in one of those comfy chairs that the mechanics moved, fully helmeted and anticipated his drive time starting, well, he thinks pretty soon. The, the reason that they've stayed out, I reckon, Garth, is because they're going to get the, the wave by because they've dropped off the lead lap in yeah. class. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll want to get the wave by and get back on the 100th lap, which is uh, where the Greg Wood-driven car, number the 48 car, which was involved in that incident, uh, still to be decided whether that is going to get a... A problem, uh, get a 
we've got, it, uh, that's a good point you made, yeah. John. Absolutely going to use the lucky dog and we've got cameras everywhere here this weekend even still we have one up in chad nalon's penthouse at the hotel next to the racetrack he can land his helicopter on the roof there so that's why he has the penthouse there ian o'brien up there otherwise known as fish mm. and from the awesome did you know stats he was an olympic gold medalist in 1964 yeah. Yeah. In breaststroke. Uh, bonus points. I was going to say bonus points for which sport, but fish sort of gives it away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wonder where that nickname came from. <laughs> That's outstanding up at the top of Ridges Mount Panorama. Gets that great shot. And then the next corner down is the great Johnny Walker, who's up high on a cherry picker, <laughs> giving us that amazing shot down from basically the exit of the L by a real old school Bathurst shot all the way down Conrod Strait. People checking out their program. You can get this online as well. And uh, even though the race is halfway through, you can still grab a copy of this as a souvenir. Jump online to the Sleuth Superstore. The team there have put together a very, very nice publication that will uh, keep you entertained for hours, even post-race, Garth. Some very nice stuff in there. Yeah, well, there's lots of anecdotes in there, Crailsy, that'll keep you entertained. Probably should have got one of those before the race started. A little bit of preparation so I could I've understand right what was going on. I have literally read it cover to cover. Yeah. It's really, very good, and I've had at least four people asking me to take some back. So I will be taking some printed material back all again. Krillzy just doing a little bit of... Uh, Research, even as we speak. Oh, it's a good you story. carry on, John. I'm just doing some okay. research. It's okay. a good story on page 38 okay. about the history of the Alan Simonson okay. Poll Award. Okay. So it goes into quite a lot of depth. That would have been that. handy yeah. on Friday. Yeah. On Saturday. Saturday yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, very um, good. Good event preview. Oh, there's, the, there's the Ford, um, Ford Supervan. Super yeah. let's, let's do this. They do this in the cricket, so I think we can get away <laughs> with it too. There's the Ford Supervan. That's been on track this weekend. That's okay. been outstanding. Um, no, great publication. Highly recommended. Grab it online. Good value, nice print quality. Great, great paper quality. Was actually co-written. So no big words in it, <laughs> which is great. No, no, it's Everyone can follow. Language. Lots of pictures and not exactly. a lot of words. <laughs> Good publication. Souvenir stuff. So we mustn't be far away from going racing here soon. Should be good news. The field have bunched up behind the BMW X4 safety car. Hopefully, we're not far away from going green very shortly. So, expecting one more lap at least, and because the teams have been notified of the wave by, yeah. popped up on the timing screen, which will come when the lights go out. Cameron Waters watching from pit lane. Oh, Tommy Randall, I think that is, watching from pit lane. Uh, no, it wouldn't be because Tommy's behind the wheel, so it would be Cameron. Go with your first choice. Krause, come on. Is it not Lousy? With a hat. Hard to tell with those hats. Yeah, the hats. I think it's Lousy. I think it could be Lousy. <laughs> I'll just roll through all well, three hey, of the drivers. Hey, listen, Why there's not? three drivers in there so far between the two of you. You've named all three Correct. of them. Correct. So has to be one of them. He's just How many times him? do you reckon Craig Lounce has stood at pit wall and watched cars go past a Bathurst? <laughs> Oh, tip of the hat. Hey, Lounsey, if you're going to wear a big hat like that, make sure the wind doesn't blow it off onto pit straight. We don't need to be doing an extra lap on the safety car for debris for Craig Lounsey's hat. Uh, race control to all pit, all pits. Race control to all pits. 
Hands debris on the train. Please ensure that all hats are secure. Yeah. I don't know how many times you would have been watching from pit lane, given he won so often here. He was always in the race car. Seven times a winner in the great race. Two in this race. More podiums than any other driver in the history of Mount Panorama, including his hero and hero to many, Peter Brock. So everybody from position 14, Alex Ribeiras in the heart of racing, and I really do mean the heart of racing, AMG, the number 27 car, that very nice light blue version of their colorway that we see have seen so often around the world, uh, are entitled to the wave by. And as before, we'll get that started on Conrad and they will take off. Now, the good news for Alex is he's the first one, so he does not have any GT4s or anything to hold him up. Uh, Colin White is back out in the uh, Janetta. He'll get a wave round as well, but I don't think he's ahead of, of Alex because, and we got asked this on the socials, hashtag B12HR at RSL underscore studio. got asked this on the socials, can you overtake a another class car if they're tootling around and just bimbling. You can't. No. And that is one of the most frustrating things that you can ever have as a top-class car because you are seeing your opportunity, Garth, to make up ground just a big away. I think the wording in the rule is obvious mechanical issue or something like that. So if yeah. a car is dragging itself back to pit lane with three wheels, yes, yeah. you can pass it. If it's a class car and it just happens to be slow... You have to follow it. Yeah. And, the, and the, for the for the lucky dog cars, for Alex Ribeiros, who's the first one to go on by, the trigger for them is when they see green flags, that's when their race starts. Then you can overtake because they don't have that trigger of the safety car peeling into pit lane. Yeah, that's a good point because wherever they are on the track, you do not have to wait to the control line before you can overtake. Uh, you can overtake as soon as the green flags come out around the circuit and the teams will be on the radio counting down to you as well to let you know when the green flag is likely to come out. We're going back to green at the mountain with seven and three-quarter hours to go. And that's the scene looking down towards Conrod Strait, the old drive-in theatre there, and out towards the city of Bathurst in the background, heading for a top of 28 degrees here today. Very, very gentle breeze, if any at all. And the humidity at 73%, but... The feels-like humidity, if that's such a thing, actually feels lower than it has been for a lot of the week. It's been very muggy here in New South Wales, in the country at least, and thunderstorms rolling through. There is a forecast for it this afternoon, but right now, picture-perfect conditions. Quite a lot warmer now than it was at the race start. Just 14 degrees at 5.45 a.m. this morning. The BMW XM safety car has peeled off into pit lane. Matthew Campbell will lead the field back to green and hits the gas just before Murray's corner. He leads Maxime Martin, Charles Vietz, Jackson Evans, Matty's old mate and housemate and teammate in fourth place in another Porsche with Kelvin van der Linde, the first of the Audis in car 22, right back in the mix. Behind him is Marcus Winkelhock, McGrenia, Murray, Engel, Jaden, Ojeda and Lucas Stolls rounding out the top 10 in 75. And uh, just mixing it up a bit there, Matty, because he went right at the start of the hash marks, the grid marks, last time around. So before he got the Murray's, this time he waited got till afterwards. So he's not he's not showing a pattern there. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is be predictable when you're the leader at a safety car restart. So Matty Campbell, very slow restart. 
And what you try and do when you do a slow restart like that is you want to leave or gas it up right at the most convenient place for you and the most inconvenient place for the car that's following you. So what you do is you wait till you're in the mid-corner, you go, and then the car behind you has to go before the mid-corner, jumps on the gas, understeers wide, and you jump up the road and you go. So Matty Campbell, plenty of tricks up the sleeve of his race suit that he's starting to show early. But you're right, you don't want to be predictable. So next time, I guarantee you, he'll go somewhere in the middle. Uh, I tell you what, though, Max Martin has reacted to that because he's pulled in uh, a couple of cars' lengths as they went across the top of the mountain. We know that the Porsche is good on restarts. We know that it's good at the end of the stint as well. Uh, everybody in that top group of cars came to top off uh, fuel the last time we had a safety car, so it's only from Nick Grenier down who'd been into the pit lane for that particular stop. Through to the chase, and here's the back of the line that didn't get all the way round. That's the Vortex in Julien Boyot in the Vortex, staying to driver's right. He won't cut across here. It's going to make it a little bit tight. One or two of the drivers in that what, third, fourth, fifth to twelfth pack. They're going to just pinch the corner a wee bit. Well, there's 6.8 seconds covering 13 cars, all of them on the lead lap of the race. 104 laps in already, down to Brad Shields, who's 13th in the last car on the lead lap in that Valmont Racing Silver Class leading Mercedes-AMG. And Daniel Gillison going slowly in the IRC GT car, 21st outright at the moment. And, and saw, scored second in class, Garth. Yeah, and I saw that car had shortcut across the, uh, the the shortcut loop at Skyline. Here's a contact from the nine Audi, Dean Fiore, up the inside of Prince Jeffrey Ibrahim. As they, don't forget, those are the uh, lucky dog cars making a run for it. So Fiore getting up the inside, not for position, but certainly for track position. Talking about track position, oh. our leaders have already caught the back of the Lucky Dogs, the slower GT4 cars. So the Ganetta's well out of the way. Now they're trying to get up the inside of the Mercedes GT4 car at McPhillamy. Really tricky to get it done there. The leaders are through. The 130 of Maro Engel goes around the outside, and then you've got to be so careful here oh, going around the outside. Me. Look at that. That's a, such a graphic example of the marbles, the dust, and the junk for the run down to the dipper. Some of which was put there, of course, when Yasha Shaheen came yeah. back down the mountain. It was Colin White in the Ginetta. Uh, he's a very experienced driver, and he did a great thing out of the way. Just announced a full British GT campaign for this season. We wish Colin all the best on that. Got a shot of Thomas Randall in the triple two. Scott Taylor Motorsport, AMG Mercedes, right on the rear bumper of Lucas Stoltz. So don't forget, it wasn't that whole that long ago that that car was a lucky dog car, and then they got this previous safety car to work for them, came in, got fuel, and they're well back into the game. So nice use of these safety cars for that team to get themselves back close to the top 10, currently running 12th. And then here we go, Stoltz around the outside. You can hear the marbles in the guards and just look at the oh. dust and junk. And I can tell you, it is so slippery. 
Oh, that's a scary moment. Yeah, because he's thinking, oh, no, no, come back, come back, come back. Well, I was teammates with Kelvin van der Linde here one year. We were leading the race, and he went around the outside there, and it didn't end as well. I know. So into the wall. So there is a blanket rule at Audi. You do not go to the outside yeah. there because of that. Well, that, that was a coulda, shoulda, woulda year, wasn't it? Yeah. Up Two inside of the Mercedes Arturas GT4 cars. They've been running line of stern almost all day, those two. Formation flying yeah. those guys. Yeah, for the Buckers. Method Motorsport. Chad, <laughs> uh, Chaz Mostert, a director there. They're just getting them at all the wrong places. Excellent. And a little free kick for Matt Campbell in front as they get to Tom McLennan. One mate Porsche racer who's just getting gobbled up around the top. Oh, outside at Reed Park. It's going to be outside again at McPhillamy. Marcus Winkelhock first. And now just a little hesitation for Jaden Ojeda in the Caltex car. Lucas Stoltz is right there. Right there. A spare a thought for the GT4 drivers. Like, where are they meant oh, to go? Oh, there was contact. Yeah, yeah, where are they meant to go? Because there's the such point. a queue of cars coming at you here. That is. What are you meant to do? That is the second time this race where a BMW has got into the back of one of those McLarens. And I think it was the same one, the 32, Charles Vance behind the wheel. You've, there's literally slide. not a gap in the queue to change lanes to get out of the way. So you literally just have to wait and hope that, that you get on through. Oh, see, Jared's racing patience is such a part of it. Have another look. Coming out of the dipper. Yeah. Oh, if there wasn't contact, it was really close. It looked like the McLaren had a big slide, which indicated that it could have had a little nudge. Yeah. So it's Chaz Mostert at the wheel of that one, and he was pulling the car tight to get offline, leaving the dipper. And Wirtz wanted that bit of real estate as well. It strikes me that we probably won't ever say this again, uh, this next sentence, but that Artura, uh, the least aggressive and exotic looking car out there if you yeah, saw McLaren. that car <laughs> yeah. if you saw that car on the road it would turn heads and it it looks it looks pretty stock you know and it looks tiny in amongst the the big white gt3 versions of the cars around it and i, I don't mean that in a bad way at all it's just an observation yeah uh, it's a relative isn't it in the in the battle six hour that thing would look like a <laughs> spaceship exactly, exactly. against some of these things you're right well, Matt Campbell, through all of that, has gained 1.6 seconds over Maxime Martin. The, probably the bigger loss there was Charles Vietz in the second BMW, who gave up almost two seconds to his teammate. And there is the margin as they run up the hill behind the IRC GT car. I should say hello as well to Kevin Ritson at McLaren. Uh, by no means taking a pop there. Oh, no, we love it. <laughs> we, we love They're it. really cool. <laughs> It's, it's, it's the undercover GT car here. It's brilliant. And, and may we have more of them, please. We weren't far away from having some McLarens back this year as well in an outright capacity. Just announced uh, their colour scheme for the WEC. And an homage to JJ Leto's win at Le Mans in 1995. The Weirdo Clinic car that won that year and JJ driving I think a triple or a quad skit stint during an absolute storm of rain overnight at times he was 30 seconds quicker a lap than the rest of the field yeah. four hours and 20 minutes now into the Repco Bathurst 12 hour 106 laps in the books and this is how it all started early on the familiar sight now of that Shell Helix BMW leading the way and it's had a good stint towards the front of the field today. First round of pit stops. It's what they say when they mean hit your marks. <laughs> Literally smash them. 
This was frenetic stuff after a round of pit stops for track position. Teammates, Will Brown was in the thick of that. The first racing safety car. We started under safety car, but this was the first full course situation in the race was the Vortex spearing off. This was a drive-through penalty cause for Gripper M Racing. They've since rebounded from that and run comfortably inside the top 10. This was a hairy moment at the BMW M elbow. Ryland Gray trying to get up the inside of Theo Kunduris. There was contact at the elbow, then big contact at the exit of turn two for Hayden Morrell in the 91 Martini Mark Mustang. Maxime Martin tried the high line, turn in from the grass. That didn't end well. And the BMWs race side by side. Then this was the next safety car. Glenn Wood trying to get up the inside of Yashin at McPhillamy. Contact and Shaheen finds his way into the gravel trap. Ultimately, he got himself out. But that is the world's most expensive front-end loader making its way back to the lane. The Vortex had a small moment under safety car, but ultimately the 912 Porsche, Matt Campbell at the helm, continues to lead here at Bathurst for the Repco Bathurst 12-hour. And the gap is about a second and a half to Maxime Martin for BMW, Team WRT's teammate, Charles Vert behind him. And the top, what are we down to now? The top 14 uh, are all on the lead lap. Uh, just waiting for Prince Jeffrey Abraham to come around. He's just dropped off the lead lap, hasn't he? So, yeah, top 14 still on the lead lap. On our Pirelli leaderboards. And we'll give you the runners and riders in the classes as well. With Bazell watches. Glenn Wood for MM Motorsports. A leading pro-arm silver is Brad Shields in the Valmont Tigani, number 44. Nick Perkat has got to the head of the Invitational class. And I managed to miss the last one there. Chazzy Mustard hey, Chazzy. Uh, yep. leading GT4 in his... There he is, down 23rd position. I see him now on the screen. You see, you're just not used to calling Chaz Mostert leading a class. Yeah, you're used to they, calling yeah. him leading outright. That's a fair <laughs> point well made. It's despite being mobbed by everybody on that restart. Yep. He's surviving, and his team on debut doing a really good job. This is the leaders running up the shelf now towards the Audi Sport cutting. So just do a little strategy update. 19 laps into a stint now for the first six cars are all on the same pit stop strategy from a fuel point of view and a driver point of view. The next four, so triple eight down, McGrenia running in seventh position, Mara Engel in eighth, Jaden Ojeda in ninth, and Lucas Dolls intent that group of mercedes amgs all pitted during our most recent safety car so they're only nine laps into this current fuel cycle so we sort of split the top 10 almost in half and the race leader somewhere in the vicinity of 12 to 14 laps given we have had quite a bit of yellow yeah. recently that will extend the stint a little bit from a fuel economy point of view so still early days to be talking about fuel windows to get home with seven and a half hours left in this one, but the teams are just playing around with what they can do, and at some point, and like I said, way too early yet, but you start working backwards from the end of the race, so just getting an understanding of how the track position will work out. Oh, big moment there. I think it's Yasha Shaheen still at aboard the 911 Shell V-Power Motorsport Park Porsche as they try and recover from that moment at the top of the mountain. They haven't lost much time mm. at all. In no, fact, he's just passed Jeffrey Ibrahim for track position. Yeah. 
in Pro-Am. And so they're, so they're on the lead lap, basically. the tail end of the lead lap. So they got a lucky dog yeah. from the safety car right. that they were involved in. Yes. But then here we go. So yes, he's going around the outside and just being a bit too polite, gets away with it. You don't want to go much wider than that. <laughs> I've shared a car with Yash Shaheen, and he is so brave, so, so brave, to the point where I say, Yasser, we don't need to be this brave so often. Yes. So he... They stayed out after that incident yes. to get the lucky dog. The car's a bit dusty. Yes. And it's trailing a little bit of one of the streaks from the, the diffuser, yeah. diffuser veins, just uh, parting company. And the leader coming up to that part of the circuit oh. as well. Prince Jeffrey Abraham out the way. So Shaheen's on the lead lap, but he's only on sure. the lead lap by about 20 metres. Yeah. So here it comes last. Matt Campbell, teammate of, ultimately to this car, but he's not going to hang around and do him any favours and not lap him. And, and the problem for Yasser is that the class leader, this wouldn't matter if he was the class leader, but he's got two other class cars in front of him at the moment. Yeah, that are on the lead lap. Correct. So, I mean, it's not a big deal. We've seen how well the Lucky Dog has worked under safety cars, so you can get that back in the future. Uh, from Austria, right turn lover. Hello, Johannes says, what happened to the pretty KTM GT2? Uh, unrepairable damage after that practice incident, but Krilzy, you'd spotted the team haven't packed up and gone home. They might have packed up, but they're still here. No, I'll tell you where they are. Stand by right. as we watch this lap. They're right there on the Live 05 <laughs> Conrad Strait driver's left. That's where Garth Walden Racing staying. The whole team there. They sent a shot early on this morning on the balcony of very nice property there. That place has an amazing man cave out the back with years of Bathurst memorabilia tucked away into it. It's a little secret hidden gem of the mountain, one of memory. So worth checking out if you ever get the opportunity. So g'day to GWR. They're watching on. Matt Campbell, meanwhile, clear in the race lead. It's another half an hour of race time we've gone through. Gentlemen, seven and a half to go. And at the front of the field, Matt Campbell more than holding his own against those two very fast BMWs down at the first corner. Colin White has found out why they call it Hell Corner. Hell's Corner. Colin. Just bowls us better than that. Small wide on the exit of turn one. Here's Prince Jeffrey Ibrahim into the lane. So the Triple Eight race engineering crew go to work. Prince Jeffrey climbs out. Fuel and tyres, so full service for this car. See, catch whose helmet jumped in there. Started by Jamie Wincup, car 88, in the early hours. I don't think we've seen Jordan Love yet, so might be his turn. Matt Campbell continues on his merry way, leading this one by three seconds. So we're riding on... Looking at this Grello Porsche, brand new car, 992 generation Porsche. It's new, it's fast, it's leading the race. It's got a former winner on board and a guy who won the Daytona 24 just a couple of weeks ago. Let's crank it up, shall we? Enjoy a lap of Mount Panorama with Matt Campbell.
if you hadn't worked it out, we gave you the onboard on Matt Campbell as he headed on to Conrad, and he's back around for a full lap. To send on Conrad straight, there's the race leader, which is going at a fair clip at the moment with Matt Campbell behind the wheel, very close to matching his quickest lap of the race last time by. The margin out to 4.1 seconds. Maxime Martin runs second for BMW. His teammate, Charles Vitz, running third. Jack Perkins, meanwhile, is in the lane. I am, Richard, and I just thought I'd take this moment in the race to grab one of these LED displays that you'll see in the front window of every car on track today. This is courtesy of SAS Technologies. These devices are made in Germany. They're called LumiRank, which stands for Illuminated Sign and the Rank, which shows you the positions and things on like that on the racetrack. 512 LEDs. It only weighs 260 grams, and it's got its own active cooling device. And this little uh, part here is the antenna which relays the information back so what information does it show driver's surname first three letters the color of the numbers represents the class the car is racing in and then it will hold the name for three seconds and then for four seconds it'll tell you the position the car is running and if it's flashing that means that car is leading its class it, it has devices like that Quilsey have transformed multi-class racing uh, not just for the spectators, but for us as commentators as well, particularly in uh, darkness, when sometimes you can't see the colours of the car. You certainly can't see even illuminated number boards if you're looking directly at the front of the car. So to be able to see 011 on the front of a car, you knew that you would know that that was Greg Wood and he was in the prime class because of the colour of it. We, you, you could do all sorts with that as well, the... Blue flag back comes over the top. Yeah, Brock Skyline and the AMG GT4 car just bails across the runoff there, which is probably a sensible life choice um, when you're getting to that point, being mugged by all of the race leaders and the Janetta earlier that lap as well. It's a Superbarn Supermarkets car in pit lane. James Kunduras was behind the wheel. He and his brother, Theo, one of three sets of brothers in the race, James and Theo. That's the brothers Vantor and the brothers Vanderlinda which is really cool. So these two boys from Canberra head up Superbarn Supermarkets and they've been putting together a really good team with David Russell also sharing the driving duties aboard this entry. So run by Tigani Autosport. They're running a Mercedes-AMG and an Audi. So hedging their bets. And that's just an idea of the Lumi rank that Jack Perkins, who what we haven't seen was him trying to program PER and then 001 aboard it just secretly for his next driving experience. All righty. So we are over one third race distance into this year's Repco Bathurst 12 hour. So let's take a moment here in the Pirelli pit bunker to dive into how this race is tracking. We're going to throw it up and down with the commentary guys. We're going to chat about how this race is tracking and what we think might be happening strategy-wise. Guys, I'm I could probably hear your brains wondering how far into this race we're going to go. We've had a few safety cars, haven't we? So if we go to our form guide, it'll give us a bit of an idea as to how we're ripping through this race at the moment. We're travelling at just 25 laps per hour, so it's going to leave us somewhere around the 2019-2016 mark. We're looking at getting bang on 300 laps. Now, that's at the current form that we'd be going on, obviously, with the two formation laps that we had since we started. So it's a slow start, but remember, last year we had, what, four hours and four and a half hours or something crazy, all the way up to the chequered flag. So at the moment, we're 
looking at... Uh, I can actually check that with my green flag run button. There you go. It was four hours and 45 minutes last year, green to the chequered flag. So if we do get a big green run, fellas, we can expect that number to blow out. But the cool part, let's get the commentary boys in on this one. Let's go to the strategies, because I'm happy to say that we've got some live strategies queued in, and we can now nice. dissect how this race is starting to unfold. So, fellas, give me a number that you can see from along the bottom, and we'll chat about how their race is going. All right, well, we may as well start with the leader. I've got somewhere I do want to go, but let's start with the leader. 9-1-2. So walk all the way to the other end of that very large TV. Ta-da. Now, they are going for a pretty basic strategy at the moment, which is drive it till it's empty. Stop. Drive it till it's empty. Stop. Now, you're allowed to do 32 laps in a stint, remember? Why did they do 33 at the start? Because there was a safety car, so it wasn't normal race conditions. So they're allowed to go a little bit longer. That strategy, guys, reminds me quite a lot of that one, the one that won the race for Bentley. There's a chance that they're going to do this in 10 stints, nine stops. So that's the Porsche sort of wild card at the moment. They're not worrying about coming in and filling it up every time the safety car comes out. They're trying to do exactly what the Bentley guys did a few years ago. Okay, so let's follow that up with one of the combinations we've been talking about, which are the Audis, who are rolling the dice with a bronze driver yep. in their lineup. So what about 22, currently fifth right, with Kelvin Vanderlinde? So they started with Vanderlinde in the car. He's back in there now. So it would look something like this if I got my red key out. He's oh, sort we, of we doing this bit. these ones yeah. at the moment. Oh, that's stunning. orange, but, you know, colours aren't my forte. Uh, so that's how they're tracking at the minute. Where they got their work done is obviously here because they were able to get Talbot in and get his chunk of the race out of the way. We believe that he doesn't have to get back in for any other reason other than can they keep going? What colours are they? Red, white, red, white, red, white, all the way down to the end. Chad, question without notice. Please. Uh, and you probably can't because you won't have their numbers preloaded in your computer screen, but the 13 car... Phantom Global have come from nowhere and yes. now running inside the top four. And I'm just curious, you might not have to, you might have to come back to us on that one. But yeah. How have they done that? Well, I'll show you exactly how they've done that. Just, I'm just going to go 13 here for a moment, all right? Uh, uh, if my this, numbers work. And uh, this was the secondary part of my question. I wanted to see you do this on the right. <laughs> all right, here you go. <laughs> What's the best strategy, Garth? Very good. Yeah, go fast. Be fast. Very Jackson good. Jackson Evans in particular has been very quick in that car. So that's how they're in such a good spot at the moment. Now, I love how you simplified that for us up here in the commentary box. <laughs> Thank well, you. The next one, Chad, are the cars that stopped in that last safety car. So yeah. any one of 888, 130, 77 or 75. Let's go 888. Yeah, so this is the fill it up every time the yellow comes out strategy, which is very similar to a NASCAR or a supercar which essentially means he's trying to take those free pit stops as you get them. So for this one, Grenier started. They handed over to Will Brown. There was a safety car, but he took that first one. He did only a little stint to the next safety car. Feeney did only, what, 14 laps before giving the thing back to Grenier, where they took, took some tyres as well. So that is the other way of doing it. Uh, and then before we get back to you guys as well, there's a few people wanting to know how the 75 is tracking. They're doing a little bit of a mix at the moment. They're hedging their bets by trying to take the safety car stops when they get them. But the thing is there, Kenny just did 27 laps. I'm trying to remember what he did last year. Might be able to pull that up, actually. He did 28 laps, so there you go. So very similar to what they did last year. Uh, and by the way, the, the, the 13 car, the facts, uh, Chad, brilliant stuff there. There you go. The, the 13 car has, generally speaking, been doing a full tank of fuel. Yeah. So, so that, they're mirroring the 912 at the, the front of the field. They've been a little bit shorter on a couple of the stints where they have been so close it would be bonkers not to come in um, but they haven't been doing any of the interim stops that uh, Chad was talking about the let's come to pit lane if it's a yellow strategy that's not what they're doing that last, with safety, safety, car, car. That last safety car absolutely line ball the 13 with the leader correct yep. Yep. so 
that, that sort of slightly out of sequence early. They're now all on the same lap from a pit stop point of view. But Chad's right, that car has been awesome today. Yep. And Jackson's doing a nice job holding off Kelvin Vanderlinde. These two, among many, are all in a big WhatsApp group, I'm told, uh, which I imagine makes for some pretty exciting banter in between race meetings. They're all good mates. All these sort of early to mid-20s drivers that are all sort of come up through the ranks at about the same time. There's a great camaraderie between them when they're off racetrack. Well, and, and Paul Tracy made the point earlier on about how many races people are doing now. Because GT3 in particular, Garth, is a global category. If you've got a good rep, a good reputation as a GT driver, you, you'll be a in demand and there'll be lots of places and it's like the travel and circus coming to town all these guys are seeing each other every other week yeah and because they're racing these cars all around the world every weekend so we heard from jamie winkup earlier in the weekend he was saying one of his teammates jordan love has done four weeks in a row in an amg mercedes at four different venues around the world kelvin van der linda was having a big look at the back of Jackson Evans, and he gets the job done down at the chase. Does he close him down? Just gets it done. And now Marcus Winklehock is involved and in wanting to have a look up the inside into the final corner. Evans shuts that down. Watch Winklehock on the cookbook yeah. in the red and white KFC. Audi R8. He just got on the throttle a little bit earlier. Thinks about going to the left-hand side, going into the first corner. Thinks better of it. He'll try and square the corner off again. Get right underneath the wing of Jackson Evans' Porsche as they head up Mountain Straight. And sitting in behind them is the National Storage Car that's been there and thereabouts. Uh, one point about the Lumi rank, by the way, that we were watching earlier on with Jack. Brilliant stuff. Quite a few marshals have tweeted in, including Kuiper Hoffman, who's in the US at the moment makes a massive difference to the marshals as well uh, the flaggers around the circuit uh, particularly when the class leaders are coming up to lap traffic because you can pick them out straight yeah. away with the different numbers so it just looks like Evans struggling a little bit for rear grip in this car they're getting close to the end of their run in this stint and definitely the car balances were starting to change I just stepped out of the box earlier and the sun is certainly starting to take effect. So the temperature starting to rise and when the temperature goes up, the track temperature certainly starts to rise. So the car that you had this morning feel-wise will be very different to the car you have right now at 10.30 local time. Whilst this traffic is picking their way through the two McLarens again, the Archera, just a little parish notice is that Yasha, uh, Yasser Shaheen has come into the pits and Harry King on his outlap at the moment in the number 911. They've now dropped down to fourth position in Proham and Yasser will be absolutely incandescent that he got nudged off while fighting for the lead. So they've, they've had to pit under green with that because they elected to not stop after the incident. Correct. To, to try and maintain track position, which worked for them for a while, but it's probably bit them yep. a little bit now because yep. they, they've given away a lot of time under a green flag. Because what you're preying on is another safety Correct. car coming quite quickly, yep. and then you can get in and get your service done and join the back of the queue. So that's what worked for Cam Waters and his team. It didn't quite work out for Yasser Shaheen and EMA Mante Racing. We're not far away from the next round of pit stops either. The safety car will change the sequence a little bit. <laughs> Matt Campbell by 6.7 seconds. And we're talking about temperature coming up. And this is a really interesting phase of the race. 
because it was about this point last year where the BMWs just started to lose mm -hmm, yeah. a little bit of their effectiveness relative to the cars around them. As the ambient temperature comes up, the heat comes up, turbocharged BMWs gave away a little bit more. That is the biggest question mark of this race for me now, is to see how those cars perform over the next Oh, that's sort of three o'clock because they were good at the end of yeah, the race were. last year, Garth. And the 32 car ended up, I think they were less than 50 seconds away from that winning from battle. Win. But they did, they just lost so much time in the middle part Correct. of the day. That's, to be honest, that's the main reason I jumped out of the box to go and have a feel of the temperature because you can look at the, you can look and we're getting told it's 23 degrees, but the feels like has such an effect on the car. Some like, oh, the Ganetta wide, just kissing the wall on the exit of Forest Elbow. Certainly not the first time that that has happened and won't be the last. Very uncharacteristically um, untidy from Colin White. He's very quick in those cars. He knows them very well indeed. First time here. Could be making a difference, but uh, he's a fairly uncompromising character, so he'll be driving that car as fast as possible, even though... Having had that right rear drive shaft problem when Owen Hizzy was in the car early doors, uh, they are 12 laps down on the next car on the overall, which is Lionel Amarouche in the Vortex. I'm trying to work out how back they are, far back they are from Mark Griffiths in the EMG. Uh, Mark's 107 laps. And they're on 70, so Quite 37 late. laps. Yeah. But only four cars in that class, so if one was to drop out, then there's still a shot at a podium. They've just got to survive and get to the end. Uh, you get the feeling and the impression we're not far away from stops either. This car's just set the fastest middle sector of the race. So VDL going at it. We've seen that before. Then yeah. the three laps prior to a pit stop, the timing screen is all of a sudden lights up well, and with Wink personal best. Winklehock in sixth place as well in the first sector. Jaden Ojeda, last time by in the it's middle. It's almost like they get you here on the radio. We're going to box in four laps. And then they drive us go, let's oh, go. Right. Well, <laughs> again, because of the 85 seconds... There's, and there's no point in saving fuel. You just turn up the wick. You know, use that fuel. Yep. <laughs> Off you go. And particularly if you know you, you're going to change the tyres as well at the next stop, Garth, you might as well... There's no point in leaving any performance yep. in them. Yep. Certainly not going to reuse these tyres after this weekend. <laughs> so no. you might, you've bought them. You might as well use them. And there's just... With that pit stop time, there's no real incentive to go and lift and coast and save and wob around, and they're all going to be interesting. Oh, Martin. Vandalinda will be the one to capitalise oh. all of this, and Maxime Martin can't go through. Vandalinda will try and go around the outside of the BMW, and Charles Viet says no room there. They'll finally get to them on Conrad, but a busy moment for the two BMWs in the Audi. Really... Excellent driving by a battle pack that goes from second all the way down to sixth position as they hit traffic. Just coming down through the S's towards the BMW N elbow. The positions have stayed the same. I'm not sure entirely how. Jackson Evans got a real good draft up behind them. So, in fact, we're going all the way back down to St. Maro Engel at the back of that. Oh, the issue again. Again for the Vortex. Dirty tyres, I think, there for Lionel Amarouche. Certainly ran long at the final corner. Maybe slightly late on the middle pedal as well. 
So this battle pack energised again. This is second through seventh. It was through some lap traffic at Forest Elbow, bunched them up and energised them. They were all battling over position. Kelvin van der Linde wanted to go around the outside at Forest Elbow. Haven't seen that done too often in the past. Angles on the back of this now yeah. as well in the 130. So that's all the way down remember, to what is that eighth position. And remember that car had a, has had a drive-through penalty. So they are back in the game already. So this is what energised this pack and brought them all together. This is great. So in the Lama Rouge, trying to stay out the way. But how's Vanderlinde just goes, oh, well, outside, no problems. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Well, true. That, that happened in a massive battle for second place in 2015. Lawrence Vanthor just went, oh, I'll just, I'll just go to the outside. That might work. He might pay off. It's such a Vanderlinde thing to do as well. So he's up to fourth place. That car looking really good now. The Audi, the race is still to Coming back to the Audis a little yeah. bit. They split their strategies early on with the bronze drivers in those two cars. So, curious, Rich, have, have the, both the Audis done something similar to what the 75 car done and have got their bronze driver time done they're, already? They're done, yes. 100% done. So, both, I mean, both. those drivers, the bronze drivers would like to think that they are going to get back in the car at some stage. They're not getting back in the car. <laughs> uh, so Brad Schumacher ticked his box quite comfortably. They did 25 or 26 laps, which is yep, more yep. from a drive time point of view was 60 minutes plus. They only needed to do 40. And it's not mandated that they do 40. It's based on the other two yep. drivers not being able to do more than 340 minutes of the race. Because if you breach driver time, the penalties are enormous. Yeah. And, it, and it, it kills your day. So... They need to be careful with that, and all the teams take pretty good count. In fact, it cost Audi here two years, years ago, ago, 2022, yep. Yep. in the Pro-Am race, which was held in the depths of May. It was freezing cold. Um, they got it wrong with driver time yep. with both of their both cars, cars, and it probably cost them a shot at victory that year. So it's something that teams need to be very, very careful managing. But we're very confident, Chad, that those Audi teams have ticked the boxes in the same way that uh, 75 Sun Energy 1 have as well. Yeah, but I just wouldn't be surprised if we see drivers, you know, not exactly at the bar in the last half of this race if you're Talbot or Schumacher or Kenny Hebel, because with that minimum rest rule of one hour and the 32 lap limit, that's almost Oh! oh! Big one with the BMW across the cutting! Up into the fence hard and almost over at two. One of the key contending cars, it's Charles Vietz has had a very large accident on the run-up to the Audi Sport cutting. Uh, it's going to be a wow. safety car immediately for that. And that car has gone a very long way up in the air. Debris on the circuit. And full course yellow. There's a wheel and tyre that's become separated. This is at the Audi cutting. And again, it was traffic involved in that as well with uh, the Janetta in the mix in the uh, GT4 on class very narrow of the circuit akin to a street circuit round there and Motorsport Australia race control assessing the situation the BMW XM will roll again 7 hours and 8 minutes to go and Charles Vertz then Climbing the wall on the outside in that 32 BMW, the yellow and red car, whilst in the battle for second position. Everyone's going to pit. They're right on the window. The Janetta's yeah. got damage to the right front corner. That's Dries Vantor, who was so good in this car early on today. They have been electrifying all weekend. 
pole position for Sheldon van der Linde. Only driver into the ones in the Pirelli shootout yesterday afternoon. Lifted the Alan Simonson pole award. Was pleased with it, but said tomorrow's the money day. Tomorrow's mm. the day that counts. And four hours and 50 minutes into the race, their day is done. And that shows how close they were to a pit stop. So Witt's trying to go around the outside of the Ganetta and absolutely right on top of the wall. It's That's up. a low percentage yeah. move there, even on a GT4 car, isn't oh, here it? Here we go. Here we go. He's got to make a decision. Oh. There's nowhere. Where, where's Colin going to go? Yeah. Colin's up against the wall on yeah. the left. Yeah. It's... Unless Scotty beams him up, that Janetta <laughs> isn't going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, the Ganetta had signaled his attention, intentions that were staying to the inside, but just the smallest of contacts tripped the BMW up, and so lucky it just rid the top of the concrete fence and not up and over. We've seen that in that part of the racetrack in the past. And oh, it's a desolation. BMW and team, that WRC. side of the garage, yeah. Dries Van Thor, disbelief. We, Sheldon Vanderlinder had his helmet on, ready to yeah, go, and, and we, we, were, so we were teasing. The pit stops were not far away. They were coming. They were all coming. It wasn't going to be that late, but probably the next one. As a result, they're all in now. Pit lane, everybody in. Yeah. Seven cars, eight cars, all rolling into pit lane for another round of pit stops, which they'll get under yellow. However, with nearly five hours gone. That's the first major contender yeah. that is, has gone yeah. out. That's the first GD3 car that's crashed Correct. this weekend. Yes. The yep. whole weekend, well, yes. which is just yep. completely balmy that we've got that far into it without that kind of a, a drama for a key contender. So, Manti, EMA, go to work on 912. It's the unique way of cleaning a windscreen <laughs> on a 911 Porsche is to jump on the front. The car's dropped, and away we go. Pretty sure when you get your road car 911 Porsche service, they don't clean they don't the windscreen do like no. that. No. no, well, you wouldn't appreciate that from your local Porsche <laughs> no, centre. I'm, I'm not having that, thanks very much. <laughs> I might have PPF all over mine, but I'm, st I'm still not having that. Thank you very much indeed. So a couple of cars have stayed out. Jaden Ojeda stayed out in 77, but remember, they're a little bit out of sequence, so it's been 22 laps since they stopped. So they're going to get a turn at the front. Lucas Stolz has stayed out in yeah. 75. The driver's been in the car 30 laps. The car has been out 21. So they're out of sequence as well. So Laurence Vanthor back behind the wheel of 912 now. And then M Motorsport executing a driver change for the number 48 car. Glenwood out. No penalty, by the way, being applied for that contact earlier with Yasser Shahin and the Janetta now in the lane as well. Uh, look at the wheel. It's broken the yeah. centre out of the oh, wheel. And uh, obviously the front bar... All damaged, so this car's been in the wars all day. All right, let's go back and unpick this. So the run-up through the kink towards the cutting. A ferocious impact and riding the wall like a stunt bike on the outside of the Audi Sport cutting. And this from our fixed camera, basically the apex, and you can see the car sliding and sliding, and the reason the camera stops is because it's pushed the wall back into one of the camera cables. Yeah. So there's a driveway right yeah. there. Yeah, there's a gate there. To, it's called the cutting. It is accommodation you can rent. And there's a temporary fence put there. So as the BMWs hit it, it's broken the camera cables for there. There. Yep. Yeah. Our camera's on the cutting. You can see that uh, fill in there. At first look, it looks like Collins in the middle of the road. But from the onboard of the 22 Audi, he's right over to the left-hand side of the track. Yeah. I, I do not see no, and, what and he could have done differently there. 
the Ganetta's like straight out of turn two, signaled its intentions. I'm staying to the full left of the circuit. Unfortunately, it's right on the pinch point, right on the yeah. apex of the of the entry to the cutting. And Wiertz has just misjudged it as he's turned in. And the smallest of contacts. I mean, it was going to be big damage to both cars anyway, but obviously once it's gone up and on the wall, mm. then significant damage to the 32 car. There's Shelton van der Linde, Dries van Thor, wondering what could have been. Disconsolate is the word that applies to both of them right now. I, I asked if either of them would mind having a word, and they both said no. Uh, right now, it, it's not a, a time where they want to say things and regret saying things, but I was in the WRT garage, actually, when that contact happened, and the uproar from the mechanics was... It, well, I'm sure you guys could hear it from the booth. It, it's just one of those things that when disaster strikes on the racetrack and it's the team that you're standing with... It is quite the cacophony of sound, but uh, yeah, the crew immediately sprung into action for the sister car, the 46, which came in from second place. Maxime Martin got out, Valentina Rossi got in, and now they've shifted one pit box forward. Both pit boxes are available for both cars, and they did the service on the car that wasn't blocked coming into its stop because another kick in the gut, the Team 19 AMG was in its box as well, so busy pit lane down here, but good on WRT for keeping composure at least to not screw up the stop for the car that is still in contention. You certainly have to be somewhat emotionless when you're yeah. in, in the garage and you see the other side have a drama. You still have your car you need to work on. So the 46 crew get the job done. Pit stops underway while we're under the BMW safety cars. We clean up at the cutting. Well, huge incident there. And whilst we get the opportunity, let's say thank you very much indeed to all of our course marshals, medical staff, and indeed all of the volunteers. It takes a literal army to put on a race of this magnitude. And uh, I said to uh, Pam this morning as I came in on the gates, uh, they all do it with a smile on their face, even getting up at the crack of dawn. Uh, 269 trackside officials uh, and many more in the car parks, etc., around the environs. And we are under the XM BMW safety car for heavy contact between Charles Vertz and the Janetta of Colin White going into the Audi cutting. And the team shaking their heads there. WRT, a very well-organised team. They are all racers. Alfonso Voss, a very accomplished racing driver in his own right, founded the team with uh, René Verbiste and Yves uh, some years ago. Goes back uh, around about 14 years, and they have had significant success in everything that they have done. Became a BMW works team, factory team uh, just over a year ago after a long association with Audi. We got about 20 minutes into practice one on Friday and went, ooh, traffic's going to be a bigger role this year. Yeah, we did. Uh, and I don't think any of us thought it would be that bigger role, but that's endurance racing at Mount Panorama. They're the little in this case massive moments that can make or break an afternoon. Jade no Jada in the lane now for 77. So they've elected to take a safety car stop anyway. They were 10 laps away from 
peeling off. So it's probably a good decision to get that stop out of the way for the Caltex car. Every overtake that you make here, Garth, has to has to have a little calculation in the yep. driver's mind, doesn't it? You've got to do risk versus reward. We've got seven and a bit hours to go. Yeah, you're in a great battle. But was been, that was that worth it? It's been brewing though, hasn't it? So uh, every yeah. time that we've come across lap traffic, particularly across the top of the mountain, the three of us have been holding our breath yeah. as the field made their way through. You did some shots of just how big a contact it was, like taking big chunks of concrete out of those concrete blocks. What it does do is make cutting. the racetrack wider, Garth, because there's 50 years of paint and different signage <laughs> and all that on it, and that, that has gone right through to concrete and removed some of it. Oh, it used to be the incredible. BP cutting a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Time that's ago the green plate. Correct. Do you that's the yeah. green paint there? Probably. Uh, this from a couple of people. Is this time for multi-class racing? To be gone and make it a GT3 only race at no. Repco Pathos. My answer straight away to that is no, it would significantly change the, the race and the joy. One of the real joys of this race is that it isn't just another GT race, it is multi class and long may it remain that way. That's my 10 cents. Well, there's, there's the Opera House, Sydney and New South Wales, home to unique and diverse natural and cultural experience. They can energise you like nowhere else. It's warm and welcoming, inclusive, and there's always something new to discover. And the Opera House there had some big performances there over the years. Simple Minds were playing there just recently. I think Ice House were there a couple of years ago as well. Some great Aussie bands and, of course, all the concerts and stage shows as well. Great place to go and visit and just a couple of hours inland you find the BMW XM safety car and just a couple of metres below where we are, we can have a chat to Cameron Waters, who's been driving the 222 STM Mercedes, who find themselves in the top 10 cam. Good afternoon. How are you? How's your day been so far? Uh, yeah, g'day, guys. Uh, we haven't had a bad day so far. Uh, we lost a lap pretty early on, but got it back. And, uh, yeah, Tommy did a really good job then and got, uh, got the old fella in now. The old fella. I won't tell him I said that. Oh, do I, we are, don't worry. We are telling him. You've just told the world. Uh, Cam, what has it been like? I mean, you're probably young enough. You grew up as a Craig Lowndes fan, no doubt. So what's it like actually sharing the car with CL? Uh, yeah, it's been amazing, to be honest. So I'm um, doing all the, the test days and, and even this weekend. It's been a lot of fun. The vibe in the team's been so much fun. Um, I've raced Craig for years, and, you know, he's always hitting me and passing me, so it's good to uh, team up with him. This whole team's just got these mad vibes. <laughs> Pairing up with Tom and they've got whistles and they've got it all going on, spiders and all. Now, we'll get to your setup behind you. Oh, what is going on there? We'll get to your setup behind you in a minute. I want to talk about your off-season, mate, because you've kept yourself sharp by running a 1,000 horsepower sprint car around the racetracks of Australia. How's that gone for you? I wish it was 1,000. Yeah. It was only 900. <laughs> oh. But, um, yeah, I've had a lot of fun in the 410 sprint car over the summer. I uh, did probably 20 shows, so... Most of the weekends I was in the in the race car, so um, yeah, had a really great off season. Got a few podiums, a few heat wins, and um, yeah, had a lot of fun. But back to you know what I usually do now, and, and that's asphalt racing. Now, give us a little guided tour of what's behind you, mate, because I feel like the catering department down there's out, outdone itself. Oh, mate, we got it all going on here. So um, yeah, we got fruit, not not very much fruit, obviously. Um, chips, lollies, chocolate. More fruit, which is no one's eating the fruit, but yeah, lots of chocolate and um, fried food, which has been the hit of the uh, the day so far. 
Cam, I'm loving the fact that the biggest platter there is the one that's full of chocolate. So yeah. clearly that's a, a fast mover in that garage. But eyes forward, obviously we've still got seven hours left in this one, but then a very big weekend next weekend. First round of the Supercars Championship right here at Bathurst. Uh, yeah, obviously we've got a lot of racing to go today. Uh, we just need to keep it clean and, and be somewhere in there at the end. Um, raw cast B, we're probably not quite there, but keep it clean around here. You never know what, what can happen. And got a massive week here next week as well, round one of the Supercars Championship. So looking to uh, you know get back in that car and, and hopefully we can you know kickstart our year in that pretty well. Karma tied off in the booth. Um, for a few years now, the, your team have been promoting Get Checked and Prostate Cancer uh, charities and awareness. Really important message that you guys are putting out this weekend. Um, yeah, it's amazing to have the, the prostate cancel um, on the car this weekend. I guess there's two parts of it. We're trying to raise awareness of, you know, men to go get checked, and then the other part of it is we're trying to raise some funds as well. So... Uh, two things we're trying to get sorted, and um, so far it's been amazing. All the fans have been coming up and donating plenty, and um, you know, raised a lot of awareness as well. And, we and can see the QR code there. You can scan that at home and donate to that. They've raised an enormous amount of money over the last couple of years. Uh, last one, mate. Uh, Post-motor racing, possibly an acting career coming your way. I saw the Tickford Racing launch video. Very impressive from you and young Thomas. Yeah, we've um, been doing plenty of acting lately. I don't know if it's good, but um, I've had a lot of fun doing it. So um, at Tickford, we're trying to do stuff a little bit different, have a bit of fun with our social media, and um, you've got a fair bit more in the pipeline, so watch this space. Well done, mate. Great to see you. Uh, good day so far. You're inside the top ten. Go well this afternoon. Cheers, fellas. It's Cameron Waters, Scott Taylor Motorsport, the triple two car, and as we've touched on, a great cause that that team's raising awareness and huge amounts of money for. Hey guys, we've got the 911 Porsche into the pit lane and I just want to point something out. They finished the service on the back of the car, but look at how it's now missing two strakes out behind the exhaust. That's actually from the floor and that carbon is not something that you can just simply bolt new ones onto. You can, but it's a longer process. In order to get that additional downforce on the rear of the car once again, they would have to change the entire floor, which involves removing the bumper and a lot more nuts and bolts than I'm sure that you want to do. So with Harry King behind the wheel, he's going to evaluate if this car is okay downforce-wise for the remainder of the race, or if they are going to lose too much, perhaps we get to a situation where they then feel that they have to change the floor because the downforce levels are only going to get worse and worse as the race goes on. And critically, they just put sticker Pirelli tires on the car. That tells me that they are already struggling with the balance of the car, the fact that they did sticker tires the last stop as well. I wonder if it makes a difference going around left-handers and right-handers as they've only lost part of it. Asymmetric setup might work for them. You never know. It's a predominantly left-handed track. Behind the BMW XM safety car. And we've seen rather too much of it. We love it, but uh, this time, oh, well, every time, absolutely no choice. Uh, other than to go to it from race control. We have got the full course yellow option this year. <laughs> what is going on? So What's he going to catch that is with ultimate, bait that big? That is ultimate practical joke territory. Yeah. And there are people I know that would have a serious, Hissy serious thing. issue with yeah. that being dropped in front of them. Yeah. Oh, that's a concern. 
just coming up to midnight in the UK, already into Sunday, if you're joining us in Central Europe. Hello to Chris Whitfield, who's celebrating his birthday. Your granddaughter, Tessa, has asked us to say hello to you. One of a huge international audience who's tuned in uh, around the world, throughout Europe and all the way back into the USA. And the list of drivers is getting longer and longer. I'm going to say what I said earlier... Yes, it is as good as we say it is. In fact, no, it's it's even better. It, it, this is a dream place to come and watch. And if you can put something together to bring another car here, uh, then do come. I know there was a couple of cars that didn't quite make it this year that we were hoping to see. Uh, GT4 pit stop now, Krilsi. Well, that's good news. A couple of points. So cars that couldn't make it. And speaking of McLaren, g'day to Garage 59. They tried to get here, but the shipping dramas unfortunately meant their McLarens weren't able to make it. But they, I believe, are keen to come back next year, which would be great because every time we've had an outright McLaren here, they've been really spectacular and were runners-up here in 2020 behind the Bentley. So it would be cool to see the McLarens back. On the safety cars, this is officially the fifth safety car period of the race, which equals the total number of last year's race. But remember, four hours and 50 minutes at the end last year, green the whole way through. So we're at the same point as we were last year, eight the year prior. So that pit stop underway, and Jesse Bryan, his first stab at Mount Panorama, takes over from the boss, Chaz Mostert. And there's a little bit of WAU colour down there as well because Chaz has drafted in some of his supercar team to help out the pit stops at Method Motorsport this weekend. I do like that, Artira. It's a very unfussy design for a supercar, very clean. And the GT4 version making its debut here on the mountain. The other point I was going to make about the Shahin car was that they'll get a lap back this lap Again, and put them back yeah. on the lead lap. So I don't think they're pitting to change diffusers and no. lead that. They're, they're close to being back in contention for the Boisel Pro-Am class. Yeah. So I can't see them stopping to change that for the sake of a couple of aero components at the back of the car. It's Chaz Mostert debriefing after that most recent stint aboard the 25 GT4 McLaren. As the rest of the field continue to form up behind the BMW X safety car. Hopefully, we're not far away from going racing here at the Bathurst 12 hour. Supercars season 2024. A lot has been learnt, a lot has changed, and we've got a lot to look forward to. It starts with the Bathurst Superfest. Following the Bathurst 12-hour, it's time to kick off the new season at the thrifty Bathurst 500. Brace yourself for another This year, a new champion will be crowned. Take your pick. It could be anyone's. Who gets the job done today? Ticket information can be found at supercars.com. Supercars. Unforgettable. It's an exciting period. We're coming into the start of the Repco Supercars Championship 23 to 25 of February next weekend. Part of Superfest, and you can get your tickets at supercars.com. And if you're watching, one of the many people watching from overseas, Superview available from supercars.com. 
These are the cars being waved by the safety car. And what that means is we're going back to green flag running very, very shortly. The BMW XM safety car will resume its position in the middle of the circuit. The flashing lights will go out. And Laurence Vantor, the hugely experienced, very fast Belgian superstar, will lead Porsche back to green flag running with Valentino Rossi and <laughs> Kelvin van der Linde right behind. And if that's not an exciting trio at the front of this field, I don't know what is. Yeah, the remaining BMWs, we say, all right, taking bets now. When does uh, Lawrence go? We saw Matt Campbell do two different types of start right on the start of the grid hash marks coming down into the final corner at Murray's and then round about at the apex as he got straightened up the second time. What do you reckon, GT? You've got Rossi behind you. What are you going to do? Are you going to make him wait or are you going to give it a square early? It looks like he's going to make him wait by the looks of things because if it was an early restart, you would have gone by now straight out of the chase. So Van Thorpe taking him deep. He went earlier than Matt Campbell. He did. So that implies you need a braking application to make the apex at the last corner. And Van Thor has opened a small gap over Valentino Rossi, just under half a second as they cross the control line. Kelvin van der Linde goes to work straight away, trying to get temperature into those tyres above the number 22 Audi for the first run up Mountain Straight on this safety car restart. Rossi struggling with the front end of that car as he turned in. It was a little recalcitrant, but he did get it to the apex, and he hasn't felt the need to have to pull into the middle of the road and defend. So that was a pretty good save by the... Former two-wheel champion. Got my attention there was the gap that Rossi put on the Audi up Mountain Straight. Like, holy smokes, that thing can climb the mountain. So we were talking about the performance of the BMWs as the day got warmer. Tick at the moment. There is some cloud cover coming in over the circuit, but... Holy cow, did that BMW get between turn one and turn two in a hurry? The Americans would say it's got some motor. Um, I was going to say, watch for Kelvin van der Linde, because I got the feeling he wouldn't stay third for long. But He's if, got no choice. No, no it's, it's not up to him at the moment. This fast South African, Joel Erickson behind them in the Phantom Global car that's just been creeping up on it. It's been a great story of the day so far. And then Will Brown, first of the locals in the National Storage AAA car running fifth. Winklehock, Fraga, Goats, Lowndes in ninth. And Brad Shields doing an awesome job. Silver class car still on the lead lap. The Valmont yeah. Audi and in the top 10 outright. That's huge. Let's get this one out of the way early before we get half time uh, in this race. The Phantom car has ghosted its way up oh. into the top five. Okay. Oh. I've... You sat on, you've done well to sit on that for over five hours. Well, it's taken them that long. They've, they've just come through. Frankly, their way through. I'm surprised it didn't get rolled out in FP1 on Friday <laughs> at about nine o'clock in the morning. You've done very well there, John Hindhall, to hold on to that one. Talking mm. about holding on, Valentino Rossi has absolutely gone with Lawrence Van Thor on this restart lap. It was half a second when they came to the control line on the restart lap. It is no more than half a second at the end of the first lap after going green. But remember what he said after his first did, Garth. He was hanging on the back of Shul Gunon, who's won this race three times on the bounce, and he was really proud of that, as he should be. He, he's got target acquired on that uh, on that Grello car. Shul Gunon's just passed Brad Shields to get himself back into the top ten. So they also stopped during that safety car sequence and put Gunon back in the 75. So he's at the back end of the top 10, about seven seconds away from the race lead. 
Let's go back and have a look at this. So the Shell Porsche from Manti EMA. This was the car that was in the gravel trap. This is a pro-am battle that's continued for some time. Jordan Love and Harry King. So the pros are behind the wheel. Two really fast, young, junior GT drivers. And this is Harry King, who was here in October in Carrera Cup and won the weekend. Trying to find a way past Jordan Love, who's won here in Carrera Cup a couple of years ago. So those two cars leaving Forest Elbow. Make their way down Conrod Strait. Tucked in behind the number 47 Superbahn AMG. The Kunduras brothers. Back to the lead. It's that Corello car has not broken the tour. Their top three just pulling away from Joel Erickson in fourth position. But, I mean, we're talking degrees here. Porsche, BMW, Audi in the top three. Traffic now, coming up? to traffic coming up mm -hmm. ahead of Lawrence Van Thor. So you look at the top of the crest on Mountain on Conrod Strait. By the time we get down into the chase, they'll be on the rear bumper of that traffic. It got the wave through. It got three laps of being a lap up on the leaders, and very shortly it's going to go a lap down again. So it'll be some of the invitational class cars that'll be the first that the leaders will make their way to. And a no, that's a nice, sorry, Krilsey, that's a nice place to catch him there so he can pull out to the to the left-hand side and well, hopefully make a little bit of time. Rossi's coming through the inside as well. That was a late manoeuvre, yeah. but fair play on everybody there watching the mirrors. Well, it sure beats getting them at the middle right. Yeah, yeah. but so, you wanted to get it done before Mountain Straight because totally. those invitational mark cars have a huge amount of grunt up Mountain Straight and a GT3 car sometimes struggles when they go head to head with them. Look at that. So there you go, Van Thor not able to get around in a straight line. The triple one mark to Mustang. So the leaders through before they get to the top of the mountain. Van der Linde's lost a bit of ground to Valentino Rossi, who is absolutely stuck to the rear bumper of Lawrence Van Thor. Lawrence is an awesome talent, 32 years of age now. This is his seventh visit to Mount Panorama. Last time he was in 2020 in a Porsche with Earl Bamber, in Earl Bamber's team with Craig Lowndes also driving. This is a guy that's won the Nürburgring. He's won the Intercontinental GT Challenge. He's won the GTLM class in IMSA competition, GTD in IMSA competition, and won at Le Mans in the GTE Pro class as well. He's ticked all the boxes. He's a factory Porsche driver. Very fast, very aggressive. It's awesome to see guys at his level of ability scything his way through traffic through the BMW M elbow. A guy who's followed on a very similar path to Lawrence is Jackson Evans. Jackson, man, the battling out there was just phenomenal to watch. What was it like from the vantage point of your Phantom Porsche? Yeah, look, it's uh, it's pretty intense out there. You know, since the since the green flag, it's been pretty exciting, and um, you know we're making good progress in our Porsche and uh, you know having a lot of fun at the same time. It was cool to have a battle there with uh, with Calvin, pretty close mates. So um, you know, really enjoying it, and it's uh, nice to see us moving forward. Watching the weather outside, your crew just pointed at some wet weather Pirellis as if we might need these at some point. Are you thinking it might stay dry? Yeah, look, it's always hard to say here at Bathurst, but, um, you know, fingers crossed that it maybe stays dry. At the moment, it seems like we've got a pretty fast car, but uh, I guess if it does come by the weather, uh, it's the same for everyone, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll tackle that when it comes to it. Good luck for the rest of today and next weekend when you're making your full-season debut. Awesome. Thank you very much. 
six hours and 40 minutes to go. Repco Bathurst, 12 hours. And it's getting a bit spicy again at the front. And every time that lead pack comes around, good to see the Chidetta back out again. So Colin White got it back uh, from the scene of the accident about here. And it's now being replaced. A little bit of race tape there. Right in the danger area again. It, it is so tight. It is so narrow. And there is so little room to pass anything around there. Now this it, that was for the 701 for a breach of safety car procedures. So that's Lionel Amarouche in the Vortex. He'll have to come back down through pit lane. Garth, I mean, it, it is a pinch point. You, you used that exact yep. word. It is a pinch point. And it is, we should make the point, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot going on in the socials about that incident. But it is always the responsibility of the faster car to make the safe pass. Yeah, it is. And we had tried to get around the outside and just misjudged it by the looks of things. So the Ganetta did everything right. Stayed full left. Uh, you made the point that it can't disappear and just take itself out of the situation so it's up to the faster car to get around safely and unfortunately that wasn't the case the car that was leading the start of this one some oh, yeah. five hours and 20 minutes ago yeah and it was a great opening to the race in the traditional early morning light battling between the two wrt cars again with traffic involved first safety car the xm bmw had to come out uh, when we had the vortex into the gravel at the top of the hill with Julian Boileau. And there was a little trip up as well. And then a really odd one, just wide. And the Martini Invitational class car, the number 91, into the wall at Griffins. This one was a bit contentious at the top of the hill. That was the battle for the pro-arm lead, Garth. And just a little tap. No action taken on that one. Colin, uh, Colin White in the action we'll see him again in a moment actually but some great racing going on at the front of the field uh, really uh, sensible driving there which we didn't see later on yeah so it was this moment here that we've been talking about one of the real contenders taken out with charles weitz at the wheel getting caught as he made his way around the outside of the janetta and it was Heads in hands moments for WRT. Absolute disbelief that one of their cars was taken out of the game. Lawrence Van Thor continues to lead. This car has led pretty much from after the first pit stop cycle. And Mante EMA control this one. Van Thor leading over Rossi. Van der Linde running third for Audi. Joel Eriksson continues phantom global racing's impressive run so far at the bathurst 12 hour and another year where the pole sitting car doesn't win the Repco bathurst 12 hour 2017 the last time that happened so a look outside the top 10 so a lot of cars still on lap 129 following that last safety car down to 16th position which is awesome to have that many cars on the lead lap, which will obviously pay off a little bit later on in the day when we come down to a race to the flag. We'll confirm the class leaderboards for you as well. With thanks to Boysell, Timepieces, great Aussie company, Lawrence Vantor, of course, leading the pro class. Ross.
Gun on top in Pro-Am now. That's been an ever-evolving battle for Heart of Racing by SBS. The Bathurstian, Brad Shield, still 12th outright for Valmont Racing, leading the way in silver. Cam Hill, Canberra's finest, up to 18th position outright and leading the Invitational class. And Jesse Bryan in 25, the leading car in the GT4 category in the Method Motorsport McLaren Artura. Six hours and 36 minutes to go in the Repco Bathurst 12 hour this year. We're 130 laps in the books. Approaching that magic 1,000k mark. And then it's on to see how far we can go. And last year's race, the first to crack the 2,000km mark since Bathurst 24-hour race a very long time ago that you've got fem fond memories of, Garth Tander. Yeah, that was a long time ago, Rich. Very long time ago. I won't even bother talking about that one. It was that long ago, but... <laughs> It's almost like it took twice as long to get that race done as the 12-hour. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How'd you go? Uh, went okay. Yeah. Well, the thing that's about a 24-hour race is it's twice around the clock. Yeah. You know, that's funny how that works. Got to just got to live with it. Got to live with it. <laughs> Once is enough for today. Yeah, well, it's, we're going to cram plenty in. Don't you worry oh, about yeah. that. Oh yeah. <sighs> if you're wondering what the big number one is there on the dashboard of the Grupa M AMG. That's just the driver selector to tell us the nominated number one driver is behind the wheel of that car. I love the way the GT3 cars don't even have full steering wheels now. It's it's full Bruce Wayne Batmobile stuff. Yeah, it's a it's a yoke. It's a driving yoke, not a uh, not a steering wheel. And the GT3 steering apparatus getting even more complicated it's not quite as uh, full of switches and knobs as the old gt le mans cars which had four different sets of paddles behind them and about 74 switches but we're getting there yeah they're getting there every time i jump in a gt3 car there's more and more buttons there more paddles to move different modes within abs different modes within traction control different throttle maps you can look on the audi the clutch is on the steering yeah. wheel have you, did the Audi have the brake ba balance on the steering wheel? No, the Audi well. still has the brake balance yeah. knob, electric brake balance adjuster, which is down on the centre console. How often would you use that in a lap around here? We see the supercars every corner. The brake balance? brake balance? No, no, you, you pretty much said it. It's more about fuel, fuel yeah. load for the Audi. Mm. So uh, you adjust the brake balance for the fuel load. You use the ABS map yeah. more, if you like, because in the past you had used to have different amounts of ABS intervention, one to nine, for example, whereas now one, two, three will be a certain ABS map, four, five, six will be a next ABS map, seven, eight, nine will be another, probably a wet ABS map. Yeah. So you've, you have various different maps for different, like, different degrees of how bumpy the circuit is, different degrees of how much grip the track has. So um, that's what you adjust more to and these days. And same for TC, you know, traction control? Same for TC. Yeah. And, and also for throttle maps as far as how how the, work, the throttle works, whether it's a linear throttle map or a progressive throttle map or a digressive throttle map. It's, you know, the manual's getting bigger every year when you get a GT3 car. You lost me at paddles, to be honest. <laughs> From all of that. Stand on the throttle and it goes real fast. Uh, thank you. Uh, succinct as ever, Mr. Tanda. Thank you very much indeed. Little threat of weather over to the far side of the circuit. But at the moment, nothing but plain sailing. For Lawrence Vanter, who's just set that car's best lap of the race on a 2 or 3 one the Pirelli.
Uh, the ref call fastest lap, excuse me, is a 2-0-2-9-8-7. Joel Eriksson's car set that earlier on in the race. About to be beaten, though, because Lawrence Vantor's going quickly. Last time round at 2-0-3-1-4. Quickest lap for that car on lap 131. 2-0-3-0 almost beats it. So he's got a turn of speed, which is backing up another thing we've been seeing today across the duration of the race. Philippe Fraga just wide on the exit of Murray's is that as the stint goes on, that Porsche is yeah, really, really, really strong. So I was just taking note at the start of this stint after the restart. The Vanthor brought that tyre in very gently. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, we were, we were celebrating the fact that Valentino Rossi was hanging onto the rear bumper of Lawrence Vanthor. But I did wonder at the time whether it was just Lawrence just bringing the tyre in gently because that what that does is it just extends the performance of the tyre deeper into the stint. And we saw him do that right at the start of the race. His in-lap was absolutely oh. mega, and that's what launched him to the front of the field and Correct. maintained the lead. Yep. And that was 100 laps ago, the work that he did on three-quarters of a lap. Seven laps of this stint uh, for Lawrence Vantour, and indeed for the guys behind them, have been run under safety car, so they will go longer on this stint than 32 laps. He's on his 32nd lap. Uh, since he rolled out the pit lane right now, and that gap is growing towards three seconds here from Valentino Rossi uh, in second place. Who is more than holding his own? Uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Valentino Rossi is still only three seconds behind Lawrence Vance. Yeah, <laughs> and, so. and pulling away from <laughs> Kilman van der Linde. Uh, yes, <laughs> which is no mean feat. So Porsche, BMW and Audi, the top three, the first of the Mercedes AMGs who have a numerical advantage in the field this year, 10 of them, which equals an all-time record in this race, in fact, for the most number of any one brand. Now, is this a change of position? It is. So Maxi Goats gets a run on Philippe Fraga, the Brazilian. Oh, that's off song. It's off song. Fraga's car is off song. So Grupa M Racing, they had a drive-through penalty early on for working on the car in pit lane. You could hear it in the camera. You could hear it in the audio. It was certainly did not sound like the traditional... AMG Mercedes thumping sound that they have. So and Felipe Fraga doesn't just get past in a no. straight line as good as Maxi Goetz is, and he is very good. Yeah. Let's have, let's have a listen. Yeah, he's short shifting. I'm surprised he didn't come to the lane that lap. 208-1 for Fraga, plays a 5-8 for Maxi. It's going again. And he yeah, was doing big. something on the dash. He he changed something. Whether he, they can do an old control delete on the run, that's a but that is cool. absolutely a different note yep. than the, the noise it was making yeah. coming down Conroy. How sweet is it? Not now. We'll get the team onto that in the lane to see if they can get to the bottom of it. If the group of M team want to communicate exactly what it is, the track record this squad have got here have been unbelievable. Two podium finishes. Could have been three in 2020. They crossed the line third, but they got a penalty for a pit lane infringement, which dropped them to six at the end. So will they fight on, or are there dramas for one of our key contenders? This race continues to play out. And right now, it appears that this 28-year-old Brazilian, who Paul Tracy knew a lot about when he was up here in the commentary box with us earlier today, Vastly experienced guy. It's only his second visit to Mount Panorama. In fact, he was part of this team in 2020 in that race that I referenced. So a safe pair of hands. 12 laps into this stint following that last safety car when everyone peeled off into pit lane. 
10 no. seconds covering the top six as we continue six and a half hours to go in this year's edition of the Repco Bathurst 12 hour. And Felipe Fraga, I'm just curious as to what took place with this car one lap ago, because it sounded like it wouldn't pull the skin off a rice pudding, to quote the great Dick Johnson. But uh, all of a sudden, it's back alive again and pressing on. There's Jules Gunon in the background behind Fraga. And I feel like that car's just gone underground strategy-wise for a little bit here. Just ticking a few boxes in the strategy column to get themselves in a position for later in today's race. So Gunon down in ninth, Fraga eighth. Lawrence Van Thor, 3.6 seconds up the road from Valentino Rossi in second. Kelvin van der Linde for Audi, still third. And the two AMG Mercedes that we have on screen for you right now, eighth and ninth. <laughs> it, yeah, it's not healthy. <laughs> it's middle, it's... it's <laughs> 7-5 last time around is, is not race pace so get to the bottom of what's going on with this team and Gilles Gunon hunting him down Sun Energy 1 car 18 seconds away now from the race lead in this extended little green flag run since our last BMW safety car period <laughs> all the curb and a little bit of grass on the run down <laughs> well, the zipper, nothing make... wrong with the steering wheel no, in that car, it's clearly going around corners alright <laughs> trying to make the most of mid-corner. Doesn't have much squirt up and down the straights. Janata in the, in the uh, firing line again there. Just, no, no, I don't think no. it's just Jordan Love lawn mowing services leaving turn one. <laughs> that's a very fast and expensive <laughs> mower. Yeah, that's right. Just a little bit wide on the exit of One for Love, who's got Harry King disturbing him in the rear vision mirror. On board here with King in the 911 Shell V Power Motorsport Park Porsche. Beautiful day here at the record Bathurst 12 hours temperature just coming up. So Chad Naylon has been out and about the precinct and catching up with great supporters of Australian motorsport in the form of Shannon's. Yeah, Shannon's have been such a wonderful sponsor for motor racing in Australia for a very long time. Such great supporters, and they're continuing that support here in 2024. Check it out. This is the Shannon's Super Rig. It's positioned down here at Harris Park, so you've got a wonderful view of the last corner here at Mount Panorama. There's lots to see inside and on top. Of course, you need some simulators. For everyone who's down here and want to get their hands on the actual racetrack and feel what it's like to be out there, we've got a bit of old-school Holden versus Ford on the simulators here this weekend, so that's pretty cool. There's some interactive touchscreen stuff inside where you can play little clips of legends of motorsport the shannon stuff that celebrates the tremendous history of racing particularly here at mount panorama there's an underside to one of jim richard's old mustangs which you can walk under and check out the exhaust system what that would have been like they've done a pretty cool job in building that when you walk all the way to the top you have an uninterrupted view of the circuit particularly the last corner the Shannon's crew have done a great job at making this portable. So they can take it to every corner of the country. It spends about a third of the time in the city and about two-thirds of the time out in rural Australia, which is pretty cool.
It's going to get to over 60,000 people in 2024. At the Grand Prix last year, they had 30,000 people go through this wonderful rig. So a great initiative from the team at Shannon's. If you're lucky enough to be here this weekend, come and check it out. Have a play on the sim. Go on the roof and check out the action. And there it is, just on the right-hand side, the exit of Murray's Corner. Nice work by Chad there. Shannon's are incredible supporters of Australian motorsport as well. They've been involved for such a long time. Dating back, Jim Richards, one of their great racing ambassadors. They support the third generation's Richards now in the form of clay and more trouble for the Janetta. It has been in the wars today and it's now, well, it's actually taken out one of the little thrifty signs at the top mm -hmm. of Conrod Strait. So in Hesse Creelsey, the young British driver, I, I think he's had a whoopsie coming down the hill, has he? Yeah, that's just out of Forest Elbow, little kink. As you head on to Conrod Strait, so I'm not sure whether he's done that by himself ah. or it's because it's a strange place to have a moment. There's no real lateral load on the car there. Uh, so we're going safety full course car. Yellow. Because, yes, full Are course yellow. Full, full, uh, no, minute. safety car. Okay. Safety car. So okay. there's WRT having a look at the 32 M4 BMW. Trying to work out how they're going to get that in the shipping container to send it on to the next one because there's a lot of damage to the rear of that car. This yellow has come at the perfect time for the Group M Racing Mercedes crew. You guys hit it square on the head. They were having some issues with overheating, and the discussion in the garage that was going on was can we make it until the next possible yellow or pit stop window before we need to bring the car in to then use what are effectively scuba tanks to try and blow out debris from the intakes? The answer was Ooh, it depends when that pit window opens, because if it is as it should be, probably not. Lots of fingers crossed. But the good news is the yellow's out, and there are sticker Pirelli tires out in front of their garage now being laid out, as well as for their neighbors, the AMG uh, Team Craft Bamboo racing car. And both of these Mercedes will be coming into the lane, but it is an overheating issue for Felipe Fraga that they have been monitoring. And just a quick little note for you guys on this 77, you might have noticed that Maxi Getz and uh, the Juice have done all of the driving up until now. It's going to stay that way until we get into the second half of the race. They're planning to hold back Danny Yunkadea, keep him fresh, and then, well, use him completely in the second half of the race. But they think there's a serious advantage to having a fresh driver when everybody else is starting to get just that little bit of tired in the peak heat of the day. So they've got J Danny Junkidella on full charge at the moment, and they're going to dis completely discharge him. Oh, oh so man. a moment oh. here. So then contact. So that's leaving the dipper yeah. for the Janetta. And then, yeah, so obviously damage to the car. That's a tooling. So, it's gone. Uh, and another wheel. So it's punched the centre out of the wheel. We saw that in his previous skirmish with the BMW up at the cutting. And rear toe link gone, front wheel gone, and that's ultimately why it's parked to the left of the circuit out of here, out of Forest Elbow. It's just Ooh, on the start of concrete. <laughs> Forest Elbow with a rear steering and not having a front left-hand wheel. Or he'll be disappointed with himself for that. He holds himself to very high standards. He is a young man with a very big future in endurance racing. Uh, so remember where you saw and heard about him first. Leader to the pit lane. 
No, this is spot on, actually, because they're just completing lap 32. They could have gone a little bit longer. So absolutely no point in staying out any longer for Lawrence Vanso. He'll trundle up to the Grello sign and the mechanics will go to work. So top four, top five, top six. Cars all there make their way into pit lane. Van Thor out of the driver's seat as we await who will arrive. New, brand new tyres going on the 912 Porsche. And Yankan Guven will yeah. jump back in, was very impressive early on. It's his first visit to Mount Panorama, this young Turkish driver, but very experienced. Everyone in the lane, so top 10 cars all peel off. So everyone basically on the same strategy. The only difference is a couple of drivers have double stinted. So Kelvin van der Linde has been in the car 47 laps. Marcus Finkelhock 48 laps. Everyone else has only had a relatively short stint. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see some teams electing to keep drivers in their cars. And this will be a round of pit stops where the in and out laps don't count because they can't be any quicker than 80 kilometres yeah. an hour. So as long as you hit your 85 seconds, pit in to pit out. We're going to be okay. So Audi got stuck actually behind yeah. its own team car there. So the 22 might have been a chance to get in front of the 46 BMW, but they'll leave as they entered. So driver change for the Porsche. Rossi remains behind the wheel of 46. Chris Haas has taken over from Kelvin Vanderlinder in the 22 car. Ericsson remains behind the wheel of 13. Brock Feeney now in triple eight. We wait for car two, who had Marcus Winkelhock. Maxi Goats remains in 77. We heard from Shay about their strategy. Jules Gounon still behind the wheel of 75. And Ricardo Fell has actually lost one spot in that. Yeah. But he's now behind the wheel of car number two. In fact, he's lost two spots. Now behind Jules Gounon. So a few little changes in that last round of pit stops. Five now complete for our leader. Six for the car in second position. And that's how the top ten stands on the Pirelli leaderboard. As we approach the halfway point of the Repco Bathurst 12-hour, that's the second page. And some walking wounded towards the end of this that have dropped a couple of laps off the back of the field. So 137 laps for the leader. 130 for Jeff Emery behind the wheel of the Invitational Class 702 car. And then, unfortunately, for... The Janetta team looks like their day may well finally be done after pretty eventful morning so far at Mount Panorama. Class leaders, Brad Shield still leads the way in the silver class. Cameron Hill in car number 10. So that's the Matchstone Racing Superglass Racing IRC GT car. And then Jesse Bryan, who's done a really good job in the Method Motorsport car. And his first look at Mount Panorama still leads the way in GT4 as we run behind the BMW XM safety car. If you think that's going to end the Janetta's day, if Colin White's got anything to do with it, they are the black knight of motor racing. Tis <laughs> well, but a flesh wound. It's missing an arm and two legs at the moment, so if they continue <laughs> to punch on all power to them. They're perennial, uh, never say die sort of attitude with that. Uh, our spirit of the race award in uh, the 24-hour series uh, quite often goes to those guys because Colin just doesn't know how to stop racing 
Garth and I were just sharing a knowing look at a weather radar. John, I'm sorry. We, um... It was Valentine's Day earlier in the week. That's a nice big heart coming our way. Yeah, well, that's, I just actually, while you're doing the leaderboards, I just quickly jumped out of the commentary box mm. to have a look at the direction the weather is coming from because you can have all the radars and the video mm. and all the rest of it in the world. Meaningless. Sometimes you've just got to stick yep. your head out the window and have a look. And... Um, it's very, very dark that way towards turn one. <laughs> that, that way. <laughs> that way. <laughs> I believe that is the west. <laughs> yes. So uh, there is a front rolling in. It's very, very localised. Very, very small rain shower. Well, intense, but very small as in the ground that it's wetting to the point where it built up the other side of orange, been following the weather radar and it's heading this way. So we're not promising you anything. <laughs> But we're just letting you know that the sky is very dark in the westerly yeah. direction. There is Those that. of you that do know about weather at Bathurst, it does come in in new and unique ways every time. Oh, it never ceases <laughs> to surprise. Well, and that scene on the flatbed truck, it looked to me like the Janetta was going to the um, we're not going to take any further part in the race yard, probably oh, really? next to the Shell BMW. We'll confirm that. That's a bit embarrassing, considering they came together earlier on. Wow. Yeah. It's going to be awkward, isn't yes. it, they roll in there? It's a conversation. Oh, fancy thing no you here. <laughs> yeah. So the genetic guys will be asking them to drop it on top of the BMW. <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa. Yeah, well, yes. It's always two, there's two, two sides, sides to yeah. every story. <laughs> and you're never wrong when you're a race car driver or a team. How many, how many sides to the story? How many drivers were involved and add one, actually? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. And, and the then, answer is N. Yes, and then the internet has its say as well. <laughs> there will be all sorts of judgment. There's the XM. Fabulous piece of kit, that, Creelsey. Um The the entry-level version of the car, the 50E, um, has over 500, no, nearly 600 uh, horsepower uh, when you put the electric motor on it. Uh, the... Red Label Edition has 738 horsepower. 550 kilowatts for you on a streetcar. More than you need to pick the kids up from school. Yeah, that's a 4.4-litre BMW. It's the V8 engine, the S68. And that's an upgrade from the regular model, which has 360 kilowatts, or nearly 500, uh, 500 horsepower uh, from the electric motor you add on and you get 644 horsepower we're winding the shannon's time machine back to 2020 an insane day that saw many spins and monster crashes feels the tail wall all oh, this contact from behind and it fired it across the driver's right. This will be a big job to get this car back on the racetrack. They get it again, it's the top of the mountain that's cleared another victim and again it's one of the outsources while the got. Now four cars have a big wiggle at exactly the same point. Very yellow. Kirchhofer out of the car, steps out of, of what is left. Looks like a lot of motor racing at Mount Panorama. I've never seen that there before. That's how he's walking with.
That was the 2020 Repco Bathurst 12 out just the Saturday, one of the more insane days we've seen here at this place. And that's saying something. Scorching hot conditions. We had an Aston Martin upside down at the top of the mountain. Huge impacts. Dramatic day. Uh, a huge shootout at the end of the day that Matt Campbell got pole. And the following day, we saw Bentley break their Bathurst duck and win the race just before a massive thunderstorm hit Mount Panorama. The Bentley crossed the line and then it rained. And there'll be shades of that mm. by the looks of that shot looking out towards the west with really big dark clouds, and they are coming this way. We've had this in the region for the last three days we've been here, and it's either gone to the north or the south of the circuit, but that is heading directly for us at this point in time. So a little bit earlier in the day. Yeah. It had been sort of mid-afternoon the last couple of days when it's gone either side of us. That big shower, though, in the Bentley yard, Gilles Goudon literally said a prayer <laughs> as he was coming in because he could see the weather coming in because the Bentley was not good in damp or wet conditions and he, he literally said a prayer at the mountain he totally believes that this place has a, a character a persona personality of its own oh hello uh, Pirelli wet tires coming out and he he uh, uh, he, he said he, he nearly cried when he got across the line because he realized that another couple of laps it would have been a very very different uh, would have been a very very different result so here's the wave by call it the lucky dog rule where if you're one lap or more behind the lead lap of the race currently 138 you have permission to pass the safety car to get yourself back onto the lead lap of the race and then the lights on the safety car go out and you can resume racing so 16 down we'll all get that and get back on the lead lap and every safety car we get more and more cars yep. end up back on the lead lap of the race yeah, i think the first safety car there was still only 11 cars on the lead lap so we're buying more contenders back into the race with the lucky dog which is great news there they go scurrying off around trying to get to the back of the queue but unfortunately here comes the bmw safety car not far behind will be the porsche Got a fair uh, hand of steam the safety car <laughs> getting back into pit lane with that amount of power, yeah, which should, yeah, and an electric motor to help it along. Now, so this is the third different uh, driver for the leading Porsche. Where does uh, Chad Goven gone? He's gone, yep. really early. Yep. So that's the earliest of anybody yep. there, Garth. And he's going to have to break it at the final corner. And Valentino Rossi, right there, had a decent restart last time around uh, when he was chasing Vanzo. Well, this little waving. This field need to make hay while the sun shines now because the weather is on its way. They were driving straight towards it now. So almost halfway through this race. How long into this stint can they go? Very wide. The Vortex off. Scott Taylor Motorsport car. Craig Lowndes behind the wheel taking evasive action. Ross Gunn behind the wheel of Heart of Racing. The 27 AMG was the same. Oh, Up the inside goes Brock Feeney. Big move. Gets it done on Joel Erickson for fourth place. Track position critical in this race. That's a nice one. So Mercedes AMG get themselves into the top four. So it's now Porsche, BMW, Audi, Mercedes. The four key brands in this race in the top four positions outright as they run up the shelf for the first time. So good restart, Ayanka Gubin. Valentino Rossi still behind the wheel of 46. Chris Haza is now in that orange Audi. And Brock Feeney doing Brock Feeney things up to fourth. Yeah, that number 22 looking ominous again. That bright orange and blue out in the hands of the rabbit. Hasa is rabbit in German. 
So obviously that became his nickname straight away. Good little battle pack following on behind as well, Garth. Just to noticing Garth Walden up to eighth spot in the M Motorsport. AMG Mercedes bronze driver up there with the full factory drivers. That team did not pit at that last safety car, so that's why they've got themselves up the road. And I wonder whether they didn't pit because they looked out the, out the front of the garage and went, it's probably going to rain the next four or five months and we're going to be back in pit lane anyway. So why not get a bit of track position and get ourselves in the game? So Garth Walden has Ricardo Feller right in his rear vision mirror. Fella has a look up the inside. Does he get the job done? Yes, he does. Walton lets him go. And that's Felipe Fraga. He follows Fella through. So Walton's given up a couple of spots, but still they've gained a lot of track position out of that. It is temporary. You do have to come to the lane at some stage, but they're banking on that very dark sky opening up and having to come to pit lane for wins. And now it's a straight-out battle for the Boysell Pro-Am class between Garth Walden and Ross Gunn just behind in the 27 car. So that becomes first and second in class, with Jordan Love not that far behind in the three Mercedes AMGs. So the race within a race, Lee Holdsworth just sticking the head out to see what the weather's going to do. Weather before. He knows yeah. where it comes Absolutely. from. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Was rain affected with the year he won the great race, was there not, with Chas Mostert? Make the point here, gentlemen. It's slick Pirelli tyres or wet Pirelli tyres. There are no intermediates. No, no, no so if it does get wet coming back off out of the wet, you have to wait until you're going to be happy on the slicks again. Yeah, and it's a very durable wet tyre. It's a, The Pirelli wet is a very durable one, so you can take it a reasonable distance into a dry line before you switch back to slicks, but engineers live their life on Excel spreadsheets and they will say, well, it's going to be faster on a slick, so I don't care if it's wet or dry. Here's a slick tyre. Yeah. So I've had many an argument with an engineer over that one over the years. <laughs> and the other point to make on tyres is that your tyre allocation, which was 48 tyres, 12 sets, are 12 slick sets. Your wet weather tyres are uh, a separate allocation. Yeah, yeah, basically, because it's a safety measure, of yeah. course. You can't run out of wet weather tyres. A safe tyre for the conditions. Yeah. The McLaren GT4 cars, again in formation flying, trying their best to stay out of the way of this very angry pack of GT3 cars as they make their way down Conrod Strait. Have I missed the bungee cord between those two <laughs> McLaren arterials? Because they've barely been more than half a second or a second and a half away from each other. The whole race, it seems. It that every time our leaders make their way through, those two cars are line astern. I think they're actually a couple of laps separated between the cars. One lap separated between the two cars, but they're always on track together. That's for sure. This is for position in the Pro-Am class. Jordan Love looking down the inside of Ross Gunn. Couldn't quite get it done. So Walden, Gunn, Love, 48, 27, 88. The three numbers, those three Mercedes AMGs, that is for the class win. And just behind them is Harry King, who's got himself back onto the lead lap. And the young Brit, who is very, very fast, is going after them in the second of the Manti EMA Porsches. He's got Craig, Craig Lowndes up his tailpipe as well. So that... That's going to be instructive for, for Harry. Remember, we had Yasser Shaheen uh, nerfed off the track at the top of the mountain, uh, lost a lap, 
they played the lucky dogs as well as they could to get it back in there. That's three safety car restarts in a row where those two Paul McLarens have found themselves utterly mugged by all of the leaders within about 20 seconds of going back to green. That was the exact term I was going to use, mugged. <laughs> what are you meant to do? So the number nine Hallmark Audi doing its best to stay out of the way. Marcini at the wheel of that one. Trying to stay offline, so hard to do across the top of the mountain. Stays to circuit left for the runner skyline. Nice actually, job. Yeah, actually braked to stay out of the way there, not even just a, a little lift. And now they get to the Mark Carr and the IRC GT. Oh, that's going to be interesting down Conrod because yeah. those they go. two invitation-class cars can motor on a little yeah. bit. So we've seen this all day in waves when we catch the lap traffic. You catch it in waves. First the GT4 cars, then the Invitationals. Another international driver yep. caught out by the rules here in Australia. As we go back to the lead, Guven gets the job done up the inside. Rossi flies in through, as does Haas. And look at the cube forming behind, though. Oh, not done yet. Ericsson went left, but had to go right to get past him. Down the inside, the Caltex car tried to make a hole where there wasn't one. Craft Bamboo kept Daniel Yucadella. Still not still done. Up. It's still not done. Yankadella trying to get up the inside for the run now. <laughs> oh, there's no room on the inside there. It's Shulgun on behind the wheel of 75. Yeah. He's got track position out of that. He's got a spot. Gets in front of Ricardo Fella. And off the road goes the triple one car. It's a busy little moment. Well, we heard from Craft Bamboo. They said, we're going to keep the Spaniard stashed away until the second half of the race. We're not quite there yet. But he has been unleashed and tried to make a hole where there wasn't one. But good stuff. Danny Yucadella up to sixth place for Craft Bamboo. They've just been quietly creeping up on it today. They were, they were strangely, I think the word's anonymous last year. They just weren't quite in the mix or race, but a much stronger performance this time around. So, so far, so good. Team watching on, going, what's he going to see on? Himself. He sees that he sees himself. I'm trying to watch where my car is. Three minutes to halfway. Get the halfway there, memes ready. Hashtag B12HR. Great scrapping once again over the top of the mountain. Wits need to be horned very sharply here. I get terrified when I see cars hit that curb on the inside, and Ricardo Fella just kissed it with the rear corner of the KFC Audi. As Hankan Guven's doing an awesome job siding his way through this traffic, and Rossi matching him, it just held up by the Lambo. She's got Adrian Dietz, the AM driver behind the wheel as they run out of the elbow and have a look at Brock Feeney. He wants to move on Chris Harzer and the big Merck's got in the toe of the Audi and there is a straight line speed advantage to the AMG GT3 relative to the Audi. He won't do it on Conrad. What about under brakes into the chase? Harzer defends. Rossi just in front. They can all see the race leader. You can see as they went down Conrad, Haas didn't defend all the way, just left three quarters of a car width to the inside and Feeney wasn't going to be able to get down the inside. Look at Rossi, Rossi having a crack for the lead. So Rossi trying to use the lap traffic to his advantage. We talk about the triple two team have got snakes and ladders in their garage. We're seeing it live here today. So a, a point that's been sent to me by Declan Brennan out of the US is Rossi here, we've talked about him more than holding his own. He's only at the start of his career. 
in terms of this level of racing. The guys around him have all been doing it for years. How much better is he going to get? <laughs> this mean, is only one year that he's been doing this. It's like when you're training a driver, you find the big chunks of lap time in big chunks. And then when you get closer to the front, the gains are far more incremental. But you have to be impressed. I mean, we... we marvelled at what a job Valentino Rossi did last year. To see the improvement 12 months on, to be doing what he's doing now, forget about the lap times, the race craft is what's impressed me the most. The way that he's got his way through traffic and not given up lap time to these guys that live in these race cars and have done since they were born, effectively. Yeah. So, for me, it's not the lap time that's impressive, it's the race craft and the positioning of his car relative to the lap traffic. Hashtag B12HR. Dave Alcock says, can we just rink out now? The cars are actually out there at the moment. There seems to be far more now than there were when we started. That was just an insane race start. You're not wrong, David, but I promise you, we have no, no one sneaked in the back way with a couple of race cars. Let's have a look at the counter. Top left corner of your screen. We're now in the second half of the race. Six hours down, six to go. And the Repco Bathurst 12 out. And three seconds cover the top five cars. And there are 16 cars on the lead lap of the motor race going into the second half. So this is all to play for with the threat of weather impending. I've had several reports that it is actually going to happen. <laughs> well, it's one of those things at this place. You never yeah, believe it I mean, until yeah, you actually uh, exactly see it. Right. But everyone's looking at me and sending messages going, no, no, it's actually going to happen today. Yeah, they've said that every day this week. Yeah, I've been here enough, Rich. You've been here enough now to know that until the actual black stuff is wet, you don't <laughs> believe it. It's the old weather rock theory. <laughs> yeah, it's right. wet raining. <laughs> so. The wind has picked up a little bit. Yeah. As I say that, the flagpoles are limping outside our window, but I looked at them 30 seconds ago, Garth. <laughs> don't shake your head. And they were blowing around. So it is a bit gusty at the moment. Let's call it gusty. Chad? I've, uh, I've come up here to the 12-hour club, guys, because I found Christoph from uh, Borzell Watchers who are sponsoring our program class. Uh, he can both give us a weather update as well as uh, tell us all about weather. Uh, whether or not that we're going to be giving out some watches here today. Christoph, tell us about Borzell Watchers because I've been having a, a... Well, I've been drooling over these watches, actually, for the last five minutes now. Tell me a bit about the company. Thanks, Chad. Well, we are Borzell... Australia's watch since 2011. We made watches. Well, so we're from the Sydney, from Sydney, North Shore in in, in Sydney, and uh, we've made watches for the Royal Australian Air Force, for the Royal Australian Regiment, so a lot for the defence. Uh, and we are lucky since last year to be the official watch of the Bathurst 12 Hour. Uh, we absolutely love it here. We did a watch last year, which was uh, a tribute to Liquid Muddy. Was the last. Uh, year as a sponsor, so we did red and blue on the on the on the bezel for them to uh, for the watch. And this year we did a watch that's completely different. Uh, it's green. So first we did we use a 316L uh, sandblasted uh, surgical grade steel uh, that we put with a black uh, IP coating. Gives a very racing look to the watch. And then we went with a green uh, dial, a green dial because 
because it's green here in Mont Panorama, but also because of the latest uh, uh, logo of the Bathurst. I don't know if you saw, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. A lot of colors, and we picked up on the green. Uh, it has Bathurst, 12 hours, 720 minutes. But the feature that I love the most is actually the case back. So you can you can wear it upside down if you want. Won't tell you if you want. It's not great to tell the time, but it looks so good. It has an open case back, which is the first time that we're doing that at Bozelle. So it shows the movement, the beautiful Swiss-made automatic watch uh, movement inside. You can see through transparency. And uh, that's one of the best features of the watch. And also something that I forgot to mention uh, is that we're only doing 100 watches. So last year's watch sold out. This year's watch, we're doing 100. 12 for the winners of the race and 88 for the general public to buy. They have a little bit of something in the crown, either Mount Panorama, Panorama Rock for the winners, or uh, there is a tire marble uh, from the racetrack here, uh, from GT3 in, in the crown. Beautiful. I love the, uh, the tiny little bit of detail from Mount Panorama. Makes it even better. Christoph, well done. And uh, the lucky winning drivers from Pro and Pro will be able to take these home today. How cool is that? Nice, Chad. Yeah, timepieces for winning major endurance race are a bit of a tradition around the world. Mm -hmm. So I love that we've got an Aussie company to do the job. So there's been a change of position. Chris Haza has slipped his Audi R8 LMS past Valentino Rossi, who now finds himself defending from Brock Feeney with Joel Erickson just in behind them as well. So this is the battle for third, fourth and fifth place. And I just, I don't want to do the dramatic, it's going to rain thing. But as we have a look at this moment, so it was an error from Rossi at the top of the chase that's dropped him off the road and Hazel was able to take advantage. Just got a message from Cam, who works for Ford in the PR department. He said, raining hard, five minutes from the racetrack. So we're going to roll with this. We've heard that here before as well. I'm rolling with it. We've heard this before. Let's hear from Shane in pit lane. Well, let's get some more local intel. Uh, Brad Schumacher, you call this place home. You've seen this weather your entire life. Is it going to rain? You know, uh, if you look out towards the uh, southwest, it looks like the world's about to end. So uh, usually if the weather comes from that direction, then it does rain. Uh, looking at it and the clouds are rising quite rapidly, I'm thinking for sure we're going to get a shower. It was a rough start for your team in MPC in particular for the, the start of the bronze session. You got all the bad luck out of the way. Race has been going pretty well so far. I'm not going to jinx anything. But your duties, are you going to get back in the car? I know you want to. Yeah, no, I did my stint this morning. Uh, did quite a good job of it. Left the uh, car in a good position for the guys. Of course, uh, Winky and uh, Ricardo, are, uh, they're the stallion drivers in this team. I'm just here to try and top up the numbers. Uh, but yeah, no, I've been put on notice, so for sure maybe back in the seat again, just not quite sure when. That's super exciting. I mean, it's not every day you get to drive at this track. For you, it is, but not at speed. What's the mentality shift for you when all of a sudden you're allowed to drive it as fast as you want, not just 60K? Um, I mean, the mentality doesn't really change, I guess. Uh, for me, I've been racing long enough. It's more about just uh, concentrating on doing my job as well as I can for the Audi team. And, of course, uh, I'd give anything to win here at Bathurst. This is uh, literally all I'm asking for in this racing community is to take a win here at the Bathurst 12-hour. For me, this is the holy grail of motorsport. And, uh, yeah, I really hope we can get a good result today. Never know when the mountain's listening. Good luck, Brad. Please, mountain gods, please. <laughs> yeah, might have to... Just have a, a little prayer to the racing gods of Mount Panorama. Into the second half of the race. And 
Chad Govan still leading by about four seconds now, Chad. Yes. Now, guys, I wanted to sneak this in before the rain came because <laughs> <laughs> I've loaded this thing up two or three times and it's been safety car. There it all goes again. So I've got to load it up before the rain come and that'll obviously change things again when they all pit if they need to for wet. But there's a few guys that we didn't get to talk about a little bit earlier on. So let's dive into the Pirelli pit bunker and just open up our live driver stints because there's a few teams here that have had updates since we last spoke. So we know now that this car, unfortunately, the BMW has had their crash. So we can pretty much discount the 32. But Garth, you were asking earlier about car 13. So I've added it to my tracking list today. And this is how they've gone so far. So they've gone Evans, Ericsson, Boos, and then repeat. And they've only done that one half stint, which is when the safety car came out. And they're back continuing now in there what would be that one two three four five sixth into the race now check out almost identical that looks to that okay wow. so what they've done i love this right how good is this genius thinking from the 13 they've gone okay guys quick strategy meeting Mante Racing are really good at this. Why don't we just do whatever they're doing? Okay, everybody ready? Great. So all they're doing right now is just following exactly what Car 912 is doing. They've got a Porsche. They've got a Porsche. So hang on. We've got three drivers. They've got three drivers. We'll just do what they're doing. So that's actually pretty clever. No need to go recreating everything when there's a team down the road doing it. I have spotted one team doing something a little bit different, Rich. Please enlighten me, Chad, and is it Car 77? It is. Well done. Because if you're ever going to find a way that there's one team when you think you can't do anything different, it's Craft Bamboo. We saw that a few years ago where they decided to pit four times every single lap, it felt like. And what's missing from here, guys? What can you tell me? What's missing from that? There's some white in that graph that I can't yeah. see there. Yes. Now, the reason would be that Daniel Junkidello's only just got in on that last safety car. So he's actually competing in the Bath of Six Hour here today because... <laughs> He did not drive at all in the first six hours. Jada did a nice job in his first time here in an AMG car to say, all right, he's pretty much done anything that he needs to do. I'd probably expect Gertz and Junkadella to just get the job done. The only real advantage of that is that uh, Daniel's nice and fresh and ready to go. So they've saved some time for Daniel Junkadella to be nice and ready to just keep driving through the afternoon. That could really help, particularly in a wet-dry race when fatigue could play a factor. But question without notice, and I know you don't have the exact driver time on that graph, Chad, but does that reduce some flexibility for their stints at the end, given they've already used a chunk of time for their other drivers? Yeah, it's pretty similar to what the the guys are doing with the loophole rule or the Kenny rule. Mm. Uh, similar to cars 2, 22 and 75, where they've backed themselves into a little bit of a corner. But you can go stint, one hour stints, the whole way to the chequered flag and just use those drivers. Worst case scenario, you just put a fast kid like Jaden Ojeda back in the car. The only time that'll catch you out, which is what I was saying before the BMW went backwards in the fence earlier, is that if you get a safety car around 45 minutes into a stint, that puts you in a little bit of a freaky strategy territory, which obviously didn't happen last year. We went five hours green to the chequered flag. Yeah, you're right, and we're yet to see if that will be the case again. The other one, I suppose, is 46, who has done okay. a, a really good job. All right. Where's the lone remaining BMW at? Okay, well, probably coming in for wets if I look at those clouds out there anytime soon. But uh, if you have a look at the strategy, strategy graph for the 46 car, Martin Rossi and Marciello. Uh, for Lello, he only did a little bit of driving in the early part of that race. They've been pushing the 32 lap marker whenever they can. And uh, at the moment, we've had two stints for Martin, a little double for Marciello, and then Rossi in the car right now. So it's not that Rossi's slow or anything, but you'd expect that they'd be doing the Martin Marciello trick to the end of the race. Nice work in the Pirelli pit bunker. The only final question, again, without notice, Chad, is did you score yourself a watch? 
I did not, unfortunately. Oh. You know, he's a pretty tall lad, was uh, Christoph down there, so I wasn't going to try my luck and running away from him. He told me he went for a very nice manly beach this morning. Just think about that for a second. That's like four hours away from where we're standing. So that's pretty impressive. That he's did he borrow your chopper? Did he borrow your <laughs> chopper to get here, Chad? No, he had to go on wheels, actually. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Tough for some. Thanks, Chad, down in the Pirelli pit bunker. With more strategy updates as the race goes on. He's got the massive spreadsheet operating down there, tracking all of the various numbers. And uh, it could get even more complicated as this race evolves, given what we think is to come. This continues to evolve the battle three and four on the road. Valentino Rossi being chased by Brock Fenny. You mentioned off air just a little bit before, Garth, that there's a little uh, storyline here because there's great motorcycling heritage between both of these families. Uh, Brock Fenny's dad, Paul, was a bit of a legend of the two-wheeled scene here and raced at Mount Panorama. We're going to give you a bit of an idea about who sits where in the field. So that is the race-leading Porsche. Heading up into turn two. There's the battle behind Rossi, Feeney, the Porsche, the Mercedes, and then Julgunon. Then we find Ricardo Feller being harassed by Felipe Fraga and Jordan Love. Ross Gunn is next, second in the Pro-Am class. And then we find Garth Walden, who's just dropped the back off that leaderboard. Craig Lowndes is 13th. Harry King will be next. He's 14th on the road, still on the lead lap. Only 38 seconds behind the race leader at this point is the Shell V-Power car from Manti EMA. And then it's quite a way back to Marcel Zalua, who's jumped behind the wheel of the silver-class Valmont Racing Audi R8 that's done such a good job today. Luke Yildon and Brad Shields sharing that car with Marcel and his mate Sergio Perez. IRC GT. Jeff Emery behind the wheel of car 702 with a Lamborghini just in behind with Adrian Dietz behind the wheel. And that is a car in the wall on the run down into the Repco Dipper. Off of Brock Skyline, it's the Superglass Racing IRC uh, GT from Matt Stone Racing and John Hollinger behind the wheel of what was the class leading car. 19th outright leading the class and instantly the timing screens go yellow. 15 seconds to slow down. And Chan Govan again, when he has built up a wee bit of a buffer, is going to be hauled back. So what have we had since the last safety car? 12, well, 10, 12 laps? 12 laps yeah. in this stint for these drivers. So, I mean, we've seen them pit with less before, and we are getting some reports of rain in the lane as well as Valentino Rossi blazes through pit entry. What tide he put on? Get the car down to 40 kilometres an hour. Chad, what's it doing? Uh, not feeling a heap of it in the lane at the moment, but I just wonder, we've seen so many teams elect to pit at the end of a safety car window, which is typically very strange. Are you better to just wait right now? Wait for the weather, wait to see if you're better to be pitting in two laps strictly for the sake of tyres and switching to a wet tyre. Because if you go out in a slick right now, you might find yourself back here in about five minutes. That's a good point, Chad. Like, I would have waited. There was a late call. Rally didn't even get the belts loosened when he unclipped them, so wasn't fully prepared by the time he pulled up at the pit box and with the threat of weather as soon as that safety car came I was like right do you pit now or do you just wait because the weather is coming we expect it is going to rain you can see it it is actually dropped it's spinning coming from and that's its skyline so it's starting how much how intense is that rain going to be 
So here's Hollinger. Oh, now the number two KFC. Yeah, he was right yeah. there. It was. There's smoke, there's usually fire. <laughs> <laughs> Says the racing driver. And race control takes a very dim view of pro drivers making contact with AM drivers. Oh, they've class. called an audible. Oh, wow. Absolutely called an audible wow. because they, they had brand new slicks on the car. And now they are going to a wet. It doesn't matter, though, does it? Because A, it's 85 seconds, and B, you're under well, safety car, so you're going to get it back if you're in the lane. Now it's, well, now have we gone too early? Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> so great gamble. They are right in the real tricky point. Do you do it now? But there's more rain. There's certainly more rain coming down, so that's the bottom of the mountain. It's uh, still not oh, wet enough not for wet wets, enough but they're apple. banking that by the time we go green, it will be wet enough for wets. So they're ahead of the curve if it does rain hard, but everyone else has got stayed the, out. Yeah, so the, yeah, yeah, and, it's, it's, and look at the size of those drops. Like This is proper Bathurst thunderstorm-type rain. That's big, ploppy drops is the oh, technical is that, term for that. that. Bre- meteorology Bre- used? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. What was yeah. it? Oh, yeah. What was it? Big ploppy drops. Okay. Yeah. Just got to write that down. Scott Taylor Motorsport in the lane. Driver change. So Craig Lowndes jumps out. WIT looking at their radars busily. What are this team going to do? Try and shut the door, for one. So there's obviously been a bit of side-to-side contact with that car. What tyres do they put on it? Slick. Still slick. slick. I wonder if that's a warm it slick. Is, it is a warm slick, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So here we go. That's what we're... Right in that tricky period where... Probably too wet for slicks and not wet enough for wets. Part of the new Repco Bathurst 12-hour merchandise range there. The very nice new umbrella will be put to good use, we think. So the field's at 80 kilometres now. They'll catch up to the BMW safety car while pit stops unfold for some. The wall racing Lamborghini is in the lane as well. What a shame for the IRC GT team. And the rain nah, falls on now. the it's, mountain. It's, it's wet. wet. It's wet. That's all you needed to see. Generally work on the ratio of wet versus dry on the ground. And uh, when it's more wet than dry, that's good enough for wet. Yeah. That is, that is going to get very wet very quickly. And we've had a, a decent bit of time where the, the sun has been covered by the clouds, so there's not that much heat in the tarmac either. So... It's not going to evaporate so easily. Five and three quarter hours to go, and we've got more drama. And this time, it's been provided by Mother Nature.